Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's time for another completely unnecessary podcast. It's July 29th, 2015, alongside Ian Ferguson... Howdy, how many comments do you think we'll get this week about me tossing off under the table? I'm Pat Contry. We're going to get about 78. we got a lot of stuff to talk about on the show. The Pixels movie, we'll discuss the uh, reaction to that. And no, we haven't seen it. And no, we'll, we can still talk about a movie we haven't seen. Yep. Eat us. Uh, inside GameStop, you're, you're being feisty to begin with. Uh, Blip is shutting down. Capcom offering their DLC for Street Fighter V to be unlocked, not just paid for. The Hulk Hogan firing and whitewashing of his entire existence. Um, the Chicago 9% amusement tax, YouTube removing Google Plus re- requirement to post on YouTube, China lifting their video game ban, Dragon Quest 11 coming to both 3DS and the PS4, and maybe the NX? Ooh, you crap. Uh, a rumor for a crossover between X-Men and Fantastic Four. Your Q&A, and Ian, what's going on? Well, in, in Ferguson land. Is it Villa or land this week? Uh, it, it can be either. Um, there we go, scroll. Uh, what I would like to do first is make a shout-out. A shout-out to our <laughs> friend Garrett. His our name is Garrett. Garrett is an awesome Garrett. My, my name is Garrett. Um, Garrett <laughs> uh, is the lovely person who we were supposed to shout-out last week. But instead, oh, I no. shouted out a Steven. You were supposed to shout-out. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Steven, Steven is, uh, I mean, there's probably a lot of really nice Stevens. Uh, so we're going to call this guy Garrett Stevenson from now on. Okay. And uh, I would so. just like to give his correct first name, because that was what was provided. And I would like to thank Garrett for being a wonderful $200 Patreon donor. So he's a super patron to the patreon.com slash pixel sickle. He, he has a cape. He's got a cape? Yeah. He's got. A, so thank you for that. So and then, uh, we, well, I just got back from Con Bravo. I'm fucking exhausted. Yes. I almost fell asleep at dinner tonight. I got a haircut. Got a haircut. I don't see it. I, it was a week ago. I don't think I got a haircut. I said, take it like an inch and three quarters off. She took like half an inch off. That's one of those things. Yeah, my hair looks good. My my hair with the humidity is puffing out. You see like Louis Koopa and it's coming out and it's it's ridiculous. Mine, it's, it's I'm not to Tom too. Cruise. I can't afford haircuts like every six days. This is ridiculous, my hair. I like sna- I'm snapping. I'm exhausted and I'm burnt out. But I mean, my hair is just unacceptable at this point. It just is. Uh, I, I, I need a trim as well. So... What's... I need another trim though. I just had a trim. Well, well, I don't know. You, and you just went to you went to the swap me for the first time in like six years. Yeah, so there's like, about. there's like two things that happened in my life that are uh, worth noting in the past like week. Um, I went to a swap meet for the first time ever. I went uh. back to Kobe's uh, for the first time in five years. Uh, I haven't been since uh. I went with Pat. Uh, I went with my wife and uh, my two friends who just moved here from Texas because they needed some tchotchke. Without and I, me, by the way. And, well, because you were gone. Uh, you were at Con Bravo. And I was very much uh, adverse to the idea of this, but because new friends in town, uh, I accepted. And what I learned is, is I still hate the swap meet no matter what. So I'll give <laughs> I'll give Pat that. It wasn't Pat that turned me off of the swap meet. 
It was Kobe swap meet no. that turned me off. Did, of the swap did you meet. go seven a.m. like like we did? We went at eight. Oh well, that's and I just you know what it is. The era of me going to needing anything from the swap meet is just long gone. I ended up buying a hundred sticks of incense for five dollars. That's what I did at the that's swap. That's a good meet. deal. Yeah, except for the fact that it's incense that burns in like ten minutes as opposed to half an hour. Did you get like Mexican candy or something? I sometimes would have. the produce is really good. Vani likes going to the Spring Valley, Valley swap meet because there's lots of good deals on Mexican candy and they do good Tijuana hot dogs. What's a Tijuana? Do I want to know what a Tijuana hot it's dog is? It's a hot dog with, uh, like, um, pico, so, like, tomato and onion. Okay. Uh, uh, ketchup, bacon, and... Uh, r- r- wrapped in bacon? Uh, yeah, or, or, yeah wrapped in bacon, mayo, and jalapeno. I'm, I'm on board. Get rid of the hal- uh, the mayo. I'm on board with that, I yeah, think. It's, it's mayo quite on good. a hot dog sounds disgusting. I, you know what? Don't knock it till you try it. It just sounds awful. Anyways. I'm very particular about my hot dogs. That doesn't sound too good. <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, Did you run into the anti-pack cabal that's swarming around now at Kobe's? No, no anti There's, no there's, like, just, there's like four or five guys that like like getting together and like taking um, shots at me. I, I, at I, I was me. looking for the sh- the telltale shirts, and uh, it's not the right term, but I'm going to go with it because it's a funny mental image. The uh, uh, baklavas, you know, the the, uh, the Greek pastries that they pull over the face. Balaclavs, the, the fucking face masks. I'm imagining an anti-pack cabal has, like, a uniform. A like t-shirt. luchadors, you mean? Like no, the no, no, like the fucking rioting mask. Baklava? That's a, that's a, I know that's it a is. nice treat from Egypt. Yes, that's why I, I love use... baklava. I, I was that's trying to get the analogy. Whatever. It's baklava like, masks? They look like they look like ski masks. They look like baklava. Baklava has, like, nuts and honey a on it. A baklava. Ba- fuck it. Anyways. <laughs> baklava masks. Well, I... Is, 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 I said is that it, like yacht gum? I said it because I knew it would be an amusing mental picture, and I don't know the actual name, the but it sounds state, like baklava. The mental state I'm in right now, I am struggling as is, so it's, it's going to be hard for me to come up with any visuals of things you say. Me too. Just imagine someone wearing fucking nuts, honey, and pastry on their face. So you didn't run into any, okay. You didn't run into any to evil resellers, alright. No, because I didn't bother looking. Anytime I walked by a video game booth, I just kept fucking walking. Well, I there was really only two or three there. At the I don't hi- need anything at the height of it, of At the height of it, like a year, year and a half, I say year and a half ago, there'd be like six video game resellers. And then, then they realized, hey, there's, not, there's too much competition now, it's down to like two or three. Well, I lied. Yeah. I, did, I did look at one briefly, and um, I, I and that's it was uh, the first one I saw. And the reason I didn't look was, not only were the prices insane, there was absolutely nothing of any interest at those booths. It was the commonest of the most common games. Sometimes, Just tables Sometimes there's interesting stuff, but I think it's funny when resell I think it's first of all ridiculous that to charge full eBay prices at a swap meet when first of all your your uh, your customer base is limited to the swap meet it's not the fucking internet and millions of people so I think it's I think it's arrogant to charge that full price but also it's arrogant when some think it's right to start at the price at eBay and then they tack on what the shipping price is and work their way down so they're figuring well if you got to buy this game for five dollars you're gonna spend four dollars in shipping so I'll start at nine it's like the scumbaggiest of the scumbag move well, to begin with and to expand that shell a little bit it's ridiculous when you have someone charging more than a store that has seven day Seven, seven, seven day, hours, seven days a week, like us. Yes, and then and yeah, and then you can move it up to eBay. Like, how? How? I just don't get. Don't that. start. You want to start at the high end, eBay. That's fine, but tacking on the shipping to me, it's like, like what? 
Like, are you doing me a favor? I'm getting up at 7 in the morning. I want a fucking deal. People don't understand that. They watch me Mark Manning. It's like, oh, you didn't pay retail. You're fucking right I didn't pay retail. I'm not going to get out of bed, you know, uh, well, I don't, I don't have her anymore. But my ex, roll out of bed next to a beautiful woman, get out of bed to go to a flea market to spend eBay prices. I'd be a fucking I'm an idiot to begin with to do that, but I'd be even a bigger idiot to do that to pay eBay prices. Stay in bed, grab your phone, make all your orders from the app, and go back to fucking bed. So... Let's talk a little about a movie called Pixels. Pixels! Starring uh, Adam Sandler. And, and, uh, and my favorite, uh, Kevin uh, James. I don't like him at all. You don't um, like him. And uh, a bunch of uh, kind of cheap cash and cameos by a bunch of classic uh, video game characters that everyone remembers. Here's the thing about this movie, though. Well, well, okay. Here's the thing. Well, okay, let's start. You want to start with the plot or just go into it? The people don't. It's based upon the 2010 short film where aliens, as video games, try to f- take out take over the world of mass destruction. Right. They see video games basically, and they uh, look at it as a declaration of war. And they come down. And thereby attack us with our creatures. Yeah. There's some logic there, I guess. Uh, but you know, it's bad guys and good guys. Uh, whatever. It's, yeah. So. You know, it looks fucking awful, and I'm never going to go see it. The visual effects look amazing, by the way. That's sure. one of the things, the visual effects, but then again, nowadays, that's the easiest thing to do in a movie with a big budget, is do visual effects. Maybe if I'm on acid and the sound's muted. But I'm never going to go see this, in, in all reality. Um, I'm going to have to explain myself a little bit here. So, there, there's this particularly harsh review of the film. Uh, by a fellow named Movie Bob. I'm unaware of him, but apparently he's probably popular. I've met Movie Bob. He 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 does very insightful movie reviews. I've seen one he did on Why Die Hard's a classic. It's like 30 minutes long, and he's done a, a review that's gone viral, basically tearing this movie to shreds. So I watched it, and you know he he in <laughs> in between bouts of extreme hyperbole. Uh, he makes some 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 valid points based on what I can see, particularly, uh, you know, the co-opting of 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 a of a counterculture's uh, culture for 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 shameless money making, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, however, a lot of this vitriolic reaction to the movie kind of confounds me because we all knew when it was announced as a. Movie starring Adam Sandler, starring only the most popular video game characters from the 1980s, that this was going to be shit. That's Utter shit. This is... And, and I know that there's people already fucking loading their guns and pointing them my way. It's different than... I mean, sure, I get hyperbolic about fucking Snyder doing the DC Universe. The difference is... You're not a $150 million movie. That's the difference. Well, the, the other difference is... Is Batman is something that could be a good movie or a bad movie. Okay, you can look at Batman and it can go either way in the hands of the right person. You look at something like a movie cash-in like this, where it's blatantly a commercial cash-in, you know it's going to be bad, so why are you even bothering? Because because it's it's uh, it's part of the rage internet culture. I yes. mean, movie Movie Bob sure. does good work, but I watched the review, and when literally the first sentence is, I have no words... And then, and then proceeds to have ten minutes worth of words. <laughs> and then proceed to literally have fifteen thousand words after that, explaining that you really have words. It, let's let's relax a little bit. Let's let's just react. Let's take a step back. This isn't the death of video game culture. This isn't the death of the counterculture. Uh, y- y- you know, video game outlook. 
the, the 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 mass appropriation of nerd culture has been happening for over a decade. Yes, Walk and in, that sucks. But w- it's not. This is not the pinnacle of it. Walk into a fucking hot topic for the past fifteen years, and that's the twenty five. Uh, and that's the misappropriation of geek culture. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see uh, you know uh, Harley Quinn T-shirts being sold for twenty nine ninety nine in the mall, you're saying that's okay, but this this isn't all of a sudden. Just for, stop with the outrage. For God's sake, this isn't the end of the world. It's not like people are going to see this movie in the theater, the masses, and be like, oh, video games suck because it's an Adam Sandler movie. No, they're going to see this movie. If they're not into video games, they're going to forget about what the hell the movie was about one week afterwards. I feel like they're not going to associate it with Adam Sandler. They're not going to associate it with the bad movie. Hell, most of the people are going to see this in the theater and be like, oh, it's funny. I see Cuber. I might have, my kid might have remembered that from, from Wreck It Ralph. There are three people that are going to go see this movie. People who are attracted to the eye candy and the obvious pop culture references, and they're probably going to like it. The people who are into video games, who are a bit more open-minded, are perhaps going to go see it, get a couple chuckles out of it, and leave. Mm -hmm. And then there are the people, and I've seen far too many of them, who are going to go and see it specifically to piss themselves off. And this is where it differs. I'm not going to go see Batman v <laughs> Superman. I'm not going to do it. I might see it. There's Don't people out there who are going to see Pixels specifically to be angry about Pixels and then write about how angry they are about it on the internet. This is a movie where um, I was out of it. I mean, because now it's like every year Kevin James has to be in movies with Adam Sandler. When I read in a spoiler review, spoilers, that Kevin James is the president for no other reason than... Kevin James is the president, so he can be the movie. That's when I was out. Not that I was thinking this was a good movie to begin with, but if you're already setting the bar that low in terms of your narrative that, oh, Kevin James is the president, so somehow he's friends with Adam Sandler, and so they can well, fight together. It's, so, it's like it's like they took the Independence Day plot of Bill Pullman being the president, but yeah. at least he was a, a veteran that was like a, a pilot, and we'll just make him Kevin James shooting at centipedes coming out of the sky. Well, it's like, it's the laziest premise to begin with, and then going from there. There was a quick excerpt from a review that I read that was something like, uh, Adam Sandler takes another summer vacation with his friends and calls it a blockbuster movie or something like that. Let's read some of the Rotten Tomatoes (laughs) overviews here. They gave it, what is it at? 17%? Yeah. Um, the, the critics' consensus, consensus is, much like the worst arcade games from the era that inspired it, Pixels has little replay value and is hardly worth a quarter. Ha ha ha. But then some of the individual ones, uh, this is from Christopher Lawrence at Las Vegas Review Journal. As bad as Pixels is, you have to hand it to Sandler for finally starring in a summer comedy that's more than just a thinly veiled and even more thinly scripted excuse for a vacation with his buddies. I'm sorry, that's what I read. I phrased it wrong. This is from Ed Whitfield. There's a certain honesty in its awfulness, a naked stupidity that many other summer movies would waste time trying to hide behind carefully prevised set-piece action and dropped-in character sketches. As This is from and- Andrea Chase. As tedious as watching someone else play Donkey Kong for an hour and a half. Someone who refuses to share the joystick and mocks you for asking. <laughs> So it's basically, you want, you want to look at this movie as kind of like a Ghostbusters meets video games, except none of the charm, humor, or wit. Right. That's what it is. But again, I'm not getting worked up about it more than the reaction that people think this is a big deal. To me, this is going to go down in the annals of history of the, the embarrassing movie he just did where they go to Africa for a vacation with, with Drew Barrymore one or two years ago. You when, know, that, it's, it is what it is. I never knew anyone who's excited about this movie. When no one is excited about a movie... And yeah, sure, I'm using a broad term. 
Um, but when no one is excited about a movie and yet people still feel the need to get outraged about it, it's ridiculous. When there are movies that some people are excited for and other people aren't, then there's going to be debate and then the, the outcome can be debated. But this is just anger for the sake of anger. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I looked at it as, as Adam Sandler thinking, oh, i got to do my one summer movie year that's, that's going to make me money for my production company. Oh, this is cool short film. I'm going to buy the rights to it. I know retro gaming is getting popular. You have King of Kong. Hell, one of the characters, uh, Peter Dingler's character looks like uh, based on the, the guy in King of Kong. Yeah. You know, he's like a, a, an older game player from the early 80s, and that's what the premise of this. So I don't look at it as any sort of nefarious way for, oh, Adam Sandler's stealing our geek culture. It's already been stolen, people. It's been stolen far before this. Every, every time I get an email saying, oh, we have these t-shirts for sale that are just, you know, ripped off uh, concepts from old game designs. I mean... It, the Tons mo- of people already making money off of this misappropriation of your culture. It's it's been happening forever. The moment you could buy an Operation Ivy T-shirt at Spencer's in 1995 was the moment that happened. Every every toy guy or comic book seller that got into retro video games because he saw it as a money maker, he's already misappropriated the culture and is taking advantage of you. It's it's already been happening, people. Adam Sandler is no better or worse, and hell, I'd say Adam Sandler was naive to to the backlash to this. He doesn't. He probably thought, "Oh, this is cute. I'm gonna have Pac-Man in my movie." Wreck-It Ralph was big a few years ago. You know, hell, there's Fruit Loops commercials now with Mario on it on TV. We're at the point now that this is like the Beatles to our generation. It's like, oh, I'm gonna remember this when I'm 20 years later, and it's gonna give me fuzzy memories. So whatever, just stop with the fucking fake outrage for God's sake. Just don't see the movie. Don't see it, and he won't try to make a bad movie like this again, hopefully, right? In theory? I don't know. That doesn't actually work. Okay. Zack Snyder's still making films. <laughs> what are you... You guys are hypocrites because you go up on... Shut up. Um, so, speaking of the video games... Um, <laughs> speaking of the video games... Fairly interesting, um, quick, but a fairly interesting look uh, in, into... Um, the retro game uh, program that GameStop is doing Pilot and, and, program. And, and their restoration the restoration of what they do and you know they show pictures of it and it's we're talking about the warehouse this gets sent to yeah where things get sent to they send the games when they're traded into still the New York and Alabama slash Louisiana locations they get sent to a place they get cleaned they get tested they freaking Windex them and clean the labels and shit so in it, he talks about like all these things they do for cleaning, and, and I, I, man, I wish I had a twenty-person team to take apart all our cartridges, <laughs> clean, you know, clean the the hand crap out of the crevices of controllers. I and mean, we do all this, but I would love to have the team to do it. I'm happy that they're doing it, and if people keep getting clean games from GameStop, that's cool. I'm I'm happy about that. They also talk about how rigorously they test these things now. It's funny, because they do talk about how with an NES, it's oftentimes just a matter of cleaning the pin connector, which is cool. They, they, they kind of admit that, you know, that's not a particularly hard but, system to work on. Sure, let's, let's, let's back up. But, this is a Mashable article that came out where they, a guy got inside the warehouse and showing him testing. They, they're wearing gloves. They're wiping off NES controllers with, a, with like, a, a cleaner, you know. He's in, they have a retro gaming sign in the background to designate the, the area. Yeah, it's interesting that they're doing this. It is. So, it is. What what gets me, though, is... I mean, there's a lot of good things said here. Like I said, the cleaning, the testing, making sure things work before they send them out. 
Um, but I also feel like GameStop or this article in some way is blowing out of proportion what is likely happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, putting them through a quality assurance program really isn't a whole lot more than testing both controller ports and making sure a disc loads up. It's not like there's a fucking 20-point you know, checklist. And if there is... It's on a brake inspection. And if there is, it's utterly pointless. Yeah. Um, you know, cleanliness is the biggest thing in making sure they, they load up, load a game, and work. Obviously, that's important. Now, what they talk about, though, is, you know, they go through all this stuff and, you know, it's really hard to source, you know, uh, lenses for things like Dreamcasts and PlayStation 1s. Here's my thing. I kind of find, and someone can prove me wrong, but I feel like that that's, that's a bullshit statement to make it sound like they're doing more than they are. Because by the time you source lenses and pay someone to re- re- restore the system, if you're charging a reasonable amount for that system, you're not making that much money off it. It's the reason why we don't repair PlayStations and Dreamcasts, because once you put the man hours and parts into it, you're no longer making any profit. Well, that's what I was going to argue from the beginning about. They're gonna they gotta pay these twenty people. Yes, and they gotta pay for the shipping to the warehouse uh, from from the various locations, and then pay to ship them from there. The costs have to be passed on at some point. If not throwing the pilot, they're gonna have to be, or else they know this is a failure already, and are just using this as a loss leader to get people to the website to buy new games. It still doesn't make any sense. So if you, I've I've had people tweet saying, "Oh, my Ninja Gaiden's clean." One person did get a Namco, uh, a Pac-Man instead of the Tango. I'm like, that's cool, but I still don't see overall yeah, how this we, is going to be. We've gotten tweets about them being clean, and I'm happy for that. But it's not like we ever said you were going to get carts that looked like they were dragged through the mud. We just, we no one knew what to expect. I just still think the prices will still be competitive in the long run because of that. I I don't necessarily think they will. Um, but the thing is, is I, I can't say that they're not replacing the lenses, but here's the thing. If they are replacing lenses on things like PS1s and actually putting the, yeah. the effort into restoring that's the PlayStation insane. 1, that's insane. And also knowing GameStop's previous history, I would not be surprised if they're taking one look at a broken system and trashing it. Which I wouldn't mind if it's a PS1, because they're worthless for the most part. The gray PS1s are, you know... There's a jillion of them. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I and I can. I mean, I don't like to see but any system tossed. one of the pictures has them taking the shell off of a gray PS1 and cleaning it for, for some reason. God, how can that? How is that a good use of that person's time when a PlayStation's worth about fifteen bucks tops? Well, and you can clean it without taking it apart too. And I've seen plenty of dirty consoles come out of GameStops, so. You know, part of this could have been for the article. I, I, I like seeing the interior. I like knowing that the games are going out clean. I like. I, I, I would like to think that the systems are going out clean. Hey. I think that this is a... I, I think it's overblown hey. and a waste of resources. And hey, this is nothing against the, the workers. Nothing no. against them person. I'm no, just no, telling no. you from the direction. When you're telling people to replace lenses on systems that cost $15... I, I, it just it seems insanity to right. me. We to have do like that. surgical fucking tools here, and like cleaners and rubber gloves, and I, I on a PlayStation One, and it's like, it's, I don't know, it's not a long lost artifact that needs to be handled with kid gloves. They 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 have a box of games here, and I can't make it all the games. One's a Ducktales, one's looks like a Blaster Master NES games. Right, Clean it, test it, get it out the door. I love to know how many total systems they got. They show like a drawer of like eight and sixty fours. And they show, like, you know, uh, a drawer of other systems, of, like, a bunch of Genesis systems. Um, I'm just interested to know what, how many they got overall and what they're doing. I still don't think this is going to be nationwide. I just don't think... I mean, if, if they have 20 people now handling 
the the inflow from two test markets, multiply that times you know fifty, and, you, and you're going to tell me you're going to hire a hundred people to keep up with the constant influx, and then the prices will, will dramatically skyrocket for everything. Well, that's what I said too when we, I, we discussed this largely at the uh, mostly at the um, at the uh, the podcast guide and at uh, too many games, but. Um, yeah, I don't see these prices holding. These prices came out and people were like, oh, these are pretty decent. But when things are selling out that quickly or when things were never in stock, they're going to go up. Whether it's because they're trying to get, they're trying to give people less money for something that they're going to sell for more money than stated later. Or because costs are going to get handed down, like you said, uh, I, don't, I don't see this being good for their prices in the long run. If they even make it in the long run. So... I think it's cool that they're doing good work. These people, again, nothing against these individuals are getting paid. They're 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 saying, hey, put on your surgical gloves. No, that's good get, stuff. Have your tool. They had a, they had a whole like tool layout of all their tools, so they're prepared to do this work. I'm happy that clean stuff is going out and that it's working. Yeah, I'm glad that's that pe- great. I I'm just glad so far people aren't getting screwed with, I, with stuff that doesn't work or, or is crap. I just don't think that this supposed attention to detail is, is worth nece- it. Is, is worth it or necessary? Sure, well, you know. No one's getting a cockroach-filled system, though, thankfully. Like the one I bought at the swap me one time. And right. I just tossed in the dumpster. So this is something that I saw coming a couple years ago. This is more internet news, which we cover from time to time. So if you're familiar with Blip, Blip's a service. It's also a website, but it, it try to be a portal for, for videos a la YouTube. Blip is an, a video embed service. And there's a few out there. Giant Realm. Uh, is one I think there's uh, Playwire I think, but Blip was the most popular one. So what you do is you upload a video to Blip, you know it processes it similar to YouTube, except you then can use the embed on websites. And why it was popular more popular than YouTube for a while because before YouTube uh, accepted monetization for just about anyone, um, it was very hard to monetize your videos on YouTube up until I'd say two three years ago it was very hard to do that for everyone right so people like myself I would do this you would upload it to blip put on a website and then you get pre-roll and post-roll ads which you don't usually get on YouTube pre-roll and post-roll ads on a website and you can actually make money uh, from people watching your videos so websites like that guy with the glasses heavily almost solely relied on blip from like 2000 and like 7, 8 up to the current day so if someone watched I, a video on your website that was one way of mon- I, I yes. think you explained this to me like years ago this was like an early way to get money yeah and I still okay. was using Blip okay. up till now uh, because they used to have like $10 CPMs or cost per 1000 sometimes they had $20 there was one time where I was getting $25 that's really, I mean CPMs. I'm not totally yeah. aware of this but that's really good isn't it that's incredibly good okay. that's like almost highway robbery gotcha. uh, so Blip came about through a lot of investment mm-hmm. funding uh, guys like Bain Capital invested in Blip. They went through rounds of, of, of investment funding, and they never could find a buyer. I don't think it ever turned a profit, uh, partially because of the payouts they were given to people. But guys like Nostalgia Critic, guys like Brad Jones, Cinemastom, Louis Linkara, uh, my buddy Louis, who does the top of the fourth wall of comic reviews, Lindsay Ellis, Nostalgia Chick, they got their income from Blip mainly um, and po- by posting on their individual websites. So what happened was two years ago... Uh, Blip got bought out by Polaris, which is Maker Studios on YouTube. Then Maker got bought out by Disney. Is Maker above or below Polaris? Maker is above Polaris. Polaris is the That's ga- the overall arching umbrella? Maker is the overall okay. arching umbrella, and Polaris is the gaming umbrella uh, for YouTube. Gotcha. So Maker got bought out by Disney. And when that happened, I said, Blip is done. Why does Disney give a shit about Blip? It's just like an eyesore to them. Uh, they don't need it. Hell people are infringing copyright on their material 
using Blip. And, and unfortunately or fortunately, how, whatever stance you are, the reason a lot of these people use Blip is because a lot of people on the Godly Glasses do movie quote-unquote reviews that are half hour, 45 minutes long, and show tons of movie footage. And you can't get away with that on YouTube. So Blip You'll was get the flat. Wild West. You, you can Blip get away with West. a lot more. Blip was sort of blind-eyed copyright infringement and do whatever you want. So Blip just announced they're shutting down on August 20th. So people are, are, are scrambling for an alternative. What am I going to do? How am I going to make money on Blip? And like I said, there are alternatives out there. ScreenWave player on the ScreenWave network, PlayWire, GiantWeld. I'm sure there's one that's going to try to come in and take its place. But for some of these guys, they're going to be screwed because they're not going to get the same sort of payouts. They can't go to YouTube and post things. They're going to get auto-flagged for copyright. Mm. Whether strikes are taken down, you can't put up a lot of times more than like 30 seconds of of movie footage and it's automatically flagged. There's just no way around it. So some of these guys are are unfortunately screwed. They they don't have a backup plan. Some maybe do have a backup plan. Uh, Some people, though, um, are maybe looking at Patreon so they can can still uh, use a player... Uh, an alternative, or upload to like I don't know, Meta Cafe or Daily Motion. Those ones are still the wild so west. So basically, put their so basically a return to the website model where they put their videos up there, and then they use, use a Patreon, Patreon to get to recoup to, what to, they would okay. get. So there's alternatives here, but it's it's un, not unfortunate, but it's sort of the end of the era where YouTube's now again consolidated as the dominant sort of force mm-hmm. for the online media, where these embed services tried and failed. They had to go at it. Hell, there was a time where I didn't post my videos brand new to YouTube for a time period, excuse me, uh, because Blip was just paying me out and YouTube wasn't paying anything, unfortunately. So, you're plugging in, finally, to the laptop. <laughs> no, it, it just, it... The browser went away for no reason. Oh. Well, anyways. It's the end of the era for Blip. And, uh, hopefully the, these, uh, these content creators sort of find their footing, get back into it, but they're not going to be. A lot of these guys aren't going to be able to, you know, make fun of movies on YouTube. It's just not going to work. Well, that's sadder than I thought it was going to be. Um, I didn't really understand the whole blip situation. Now I do, and it's too late. Well, you can tell that <laughs> a website's on its way out when they hadn't updated their front page in almost a year. Well, yeah, I, I think someone had restart uh, had retweeted something from Blip, and like I had clicked on it to try to figure out a little bit more about it, and it was like they had made a tweet. And their last tweet was, like, honestly, from mid-2014. Yeah, that's a bad sign. Yeah. That's it's a- also a bad sign when people say they hadn't mm-hmm. getting paid. I don't check anymore because, honestly, near the end, I was getting maybe 15 20 bucks a month from Blip at most. It wasn't that much. It's a couple burritos, though. That's like th- three and a half burritos. Three and a half. Good burritos. You got, you got to look at your money in terms of your burritos, man. <laughs> your bur- <laughs> <laughs> well, way to look at it, Ian, in, in, yeah. in sunny s- <clears throat> uh, Southern California. So... Capcom announced something that I was very excited about, and now looking at an update, I'm a little less excited about it, but anyways, it's a step in the right direction. So, Capcom has announced that All Street Fighter V gameplay DLC, that word wasn't there before, uh, it was All Street Fighter V DLC will be free if you're willing to play enough. Willing to play enough, they say. My god, that's like the old days where you unlocked something by being fucking good at a game. Let's unlock the ending. So, this is actually, you know, I shouldn't be as happy about this as I am because this was how video games were played up until the PS3 and the 360 era where it was easy to charge people through an online store for additional features. Um, so what they're saying now is all gameplay DLC will be free if you're willing to play enough, which means, in my mind, 
that things like characters will be free if you're willing to unlock them. Um, you know, update patches are obviously going to be free. You're not going to have to pay for the balance updates like you did with uh, Standard Street Fighter, Super, Ultra, and uh, 2012 Arcade Edition. Um, and this is all really, really good news. Basically, one disc should, more or less, if you're going to be good enough to play Street Fighter, and if you're going to get really into it to buy all the ver- to the point where you would have bought the versions anyways, you're going to be good enough to unlock this content. That's yeah. great news. Sadly, they have asterisked this news since I read it, and it's gameplay, which means that, unfortunately, some of my favorite shit to unlock in fighting games will probably still be nickel and dimed, like, like costumes, costumes swaps, alternate outfits, Color colors, swap. stuff like that, which, uh, honestly, I love uh, that stuff. I love unlocking yeah. that stuff, and I was really hoping they were going to go back to not charging me uh, the price of a burrito um, to unlock... Uh, you know, a weird costume for Dan. Is you know, a, is that our new currency? Our new, the pocket, I, I, I usually currency? use burritos and gumballs as currency. All right, you know, Carnitas burritos the currency this week. I think it's it's a good decision, especially for the characters, because it always bothered me for DLC to be for characters, because to me, in a fighting game, a character is an integral integral part of the game. And you don't want to split your fan base. You don't want to split your fan base. You don't want a, a guy to to not be able to face or practice as a, as a. Uh, a character then face them online is totally unfair at that point you want right because you make a good point it's not always about playing the character it's about well no but I'm saying it's about being able to defend against the character yes it'd be like having to to buy DLC for a boss character in a Contra game you know it's just like ridiculous you know oh I don't face the the squid guy you know on the the waterfall level you know no that that's a part of the game Uh, to pay for that it's bullshit you want to be dumb and pay your two ninety nine to get a blue Ryu outfit or an orange one? Feel free. I don't. I don't mind if Capcom's doing that. They want to get paid that way. That's fine. They're still going to put out their seventy five freaking versions every every year uh, until Street Fighter Six in two thousand twenty. Yes, but that's the point. That's what they're saying. They're not going to do that. And no, instead of doing more, that's the whole thing. Gameplay DLC instead of additional versions. Now I'm sure they Bullshit. will. They'll play a Turbo Championship Edition. Well, this is how I think it'll play out. Once again, if you're willing to play enough. What I think they're implying is they are going to be doing away with the the mandatory multiple versions. If you're willing to play enough, you will get all of that update, all of those character updates, all of the balance rosters that come with Super Turbo blah 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 editions for free. Now, does that mean that they're not going to release nicely packaged Turbo Super versions for people who are too lazy to play? No, they probably okay. will. So you're saying they'll include Turbo for the first year, but the, maybe the the one year in, they'll do a version that has all the different costumes as well. Uh, they'll, they'll re-release it for 50 bucks with the costumes. That's possible, or all the balances, or like I said, all the characters for people who don't want to go through the process of unlocking them or buying them all at once. Yes, they will do these yearly game. Maybe they'll do these yearly game of the year edition type deals where the the, the more Ugh. casual players can just buy it. But this is still starting the right direction. I mean, they even stated, I think, somewhere in this article that one disc will be enough to carry you through Street Fighter Five until six, as long as you're willing to play to unlock. And that is fine. Maybe they'll have time releases for a new character if that's the case. Or potentially. Now play. they also said they weren't going to do multiple versions for Street Fighter Four and that back. Oh, d- oh, did they? Yes. And they did like four, but they didn't announce it quite as such. So I still think it's something to be optimistic so, about. I would like to think that Capcom is 
uh, trying not to actively light yeah. themselves on fire. They have 16 core characters, it says, in the roster, four of which are brand new to the franchise. I like that, though. I wonder how many are unlocked. Four to eight, maybe ten, I don't know. I like what, What's the last Street Fighter? How many characters last one have? 20? 56 at the 56? end. 56? No, 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 no. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, something close to fucking... That's insane. By the, by the time you get to Arcade 2012, which I think was the last edition, 56 was Marvel vs. Capcom 2, I think. Uh, no, it might have been like 52. Or were they balanced or, or in tournaments were people using the same 6 or 7 like they usually do? Uh, for, I mean, from what I understand, it was actually fairly surprisingly well balanced. Jesus but that's what hap- That's also what happens when you do four different iterations. In They'll multiple, add 10 more guys to No, and multiple patches to oh, balance for it for God's out. sake. I, got, I should get into one of these and get into the competitive scene and just try my luck. I'll, I'll get a, I'll get a PS4. Oh, it's on PC too. Oh, when when is it coming to Xbox One? Is it? Oh, it's not. That's right. It's not coming to Xbox One. That's nope, right. It is an exclusive. That's to the right. Oh, and they're getting paid. That's, that's why. That's nowhere, why they can. Af- that's why they can afford it. Sony's paying them. Yeah, that's, they're making up for the <laughs> DLC. Sure. This I'll just touch on briefly. Um, the city of Chicago is doing some weird things. The so non-corrupt city of Chicago is doing what? Uh, they're charging a 9% amusement tax on services such as uh, any streaming service, such as Netflix, Spotify, Hulu. Um, Xbox Live, and PlayStation Network. Uh, meaning, you know, in addition to what you are paying for this service, you are paying more to the city of Chicago, uh, presumably for the... The, the amount you are taxing their 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 internet their I mean their their, their wireless traffic, um, I find that fairly fucking despicable. And I fairly, like Chica- and I like Chicago, but fairly that's, despicable. That's that's fucking awful, dude. That's sort of the same thing. I I, t- I talked about me renewing my my California, uh, car insurance, and there was a line item for like the fact that I'm paying six months at, at a time. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a generic eighty four cent. California tax, just because. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, first of all, the fact that it was like eighty four. I don't. I didn't remember ever seeing it before. It's like, oh, we can just make this money. We'll just put it on. No one's gonna care. You know, but this is fucking heinous. Yeah, it's heinous. It, 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 it's like it's like when you get a bill and there's all these those hidden charges. Yeah. They're simply doing it because they can. They can do it. Um, and that's, I, yeah, I don't. That's I don't know. That's that's insane. If I lived uh, in this, I, I mean, uh, I would. I, you know, I have I have friends in Chicago, but they live in you know suburbs and whatnot. I would love to know exactly how this is being. So and it's not affecting the suburbs; it's 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 the city that it's affecting. I would love to know from someone who's in the city if you're listening. Put it in the comments. Like, yeah. what are people doing? I mean, are, are there are there people who are actively pissed trying to get something done about this? Because I sure as shit would sign on to what the fuck ever was like trying to get this changed. I'm going to be political for a little bit here, just because this, taxes is political. And you can always say, well, this money could be going to, to education, could be going to infrastructure. I have no problem being taxed if the money is spent competently and you know where it's going. But it's laughable that one of the most corrupt fucking states in the Union, with a horrid history of corruption... Uh, puts taxes in place like this. Can you go 12 years, Illinois, without having one of your governors or senators sent to prison for some sort of extortion of corruption? Do that, and then you could start putting on taxes on whatever you want to do. If you look at the history of corruption in Illinois, it's fucking disgusting. 
how in the past 50 years there's been multiple governors. Almost every other governor has been sent to prison. Or, or you know, starting from de Blasio going back to the 60s. Or state senators. You just had Jesse Jackson's uh, son get sent to prison for a couple of years. It's it's awful. It's absolutely awful. I don't remember if he was even in the state of Chicago. But I'm just throwing that out there. But uh, just look at it. You can look up corruption in Chicago. So th- there's no sensible reason. It's not like there's a comp- competitive uh, thing going on in Chicago that, well, we have to you know balance out the competitiveness and charge more for, for Hulu Plus versus something happening in Chicago. Because usually with a tax, that can make some right, sort of sense. No, there's no Chicago upstart that, yeah. like, like a tariff. Like, yeah, this like is, the yeah. Tariffs. It's it, not a tariff. This is just let's just fuck you in the ass because we can do it. That's yeah. what it comes down to. And you can say, well, you know, if I'm paying nine ninety nine a month for for uh, uh, for Hulu, or whatever, that's only an extra ninety cents a month. Yeah, but then it's about eleven fifty a year or whatever, eleven twenty a year times a million and a half people or two million. That people. is so many burritos. It's so many burritos. But guess what? That's going to be one corrupt politician's burrito count for that year because that money's not going to be going anywhere in the state. That there you pretty go. skyline, though. <laughs> All right, moving onwards. Okay, so uh, this was good news. I, I don't think there's a bad way to spin this. Uh, I think it was 2013 where uh, Google said, maybe it was 2012, I don't know. I'm tired. I'm sweaty. I have high blood pressure. Oh, we are both moist. We are both moist. My nipples. Um, that Google Plus, okay. YouTube is removing the Google Plus requirement to, I guess, create accounts. Thank to, fucking God. To post videos and comments on YouTube. So... What happened was, over the years, going back to 2005, up to like about 2012, early 2013, you could just create a generic account, as long as you had an email address, to post on YouTube. And they were grandfathered in once the Google Plus, Plus requirement was brought in by Google to post on YouTube. But after that point, you needed to have a Google Plus I avoided account. it for so long, and then or, actually one day they just made me. If you had a Google Plus account, you were required to merge it yeah. with your existing account. So like, if I log into mine, I have a Google Plus and then I have a Pathy and it's punk like I have both. Yeah, you same. Know, it's I, weird. And you can switch off between them. It's just weird. So uh, I've ba- never used Google Plus yet. No one has. No, but hold on. I get comments on things and they show up in my email box and it's like someone has commented on something you did in Google Plus and I go, well, then I've been hacked because I haven't done anything in Google Plus. And then I look and it's like anytime I'm sure there's an option for it, but anytime I've made a standalone comment in a video, it's counted as like a status update on Google Plus. I've never even fucking understood Google Plus. I don't even... I, I don't get it. Google Plus was Google's attempt at... at Facebook. Uh, at Facebook. It failed miserably. Sure. Some people... The, the, the 2% of you that use it, I'm sure it's fine for you with your circles and whatever else you have well, going on there. I'm sure you know what's cool? Google it, Hangouts very cool. Yeah, Google Hangouts That's is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Use, use that for Super Rift Brothers during that short, limited run for that series. Hmm. Um, hmm. But, but that's all the conversation. But hmm. um, <laughs> stop it. Get me in trouble. Uh, so they, they released a... Um, they released a YouTube blogspot post, of all things, saying that comments are super important to the relationship between creators and fans on YouTube. Um, blah, 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 blah. Conversations should be simpler and easier to have on YouTube. I'm working on that. Uh, they're going to improve the ranking system reduce, that reduces the visibility of junk comments. Uh, there's going to be more changes. Blah, 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 blah. Creators told us they like the moderation option on their, on their channels, like reviewing comments before they're posted, blocking certain words, or auto-approving comments from certain fans, which, which are all options on your YouTube channel. All this stays. The reason I like this, like, the reason I like this going away is this. You don't like this going no, away? I, no, the reason I do like this going away oh, is this. Oh, okay. I was going to say, there's no fucking reason to there, not well, like there's it going a good away. And a, there's a good and a bad to this. The good is that 
Um, there are sometimes you'll, you'll go on YouTube and you'll see someone with a Google Plus comment and you can't reply to it for some weird reason. And that's because on each individual Google Plus account, there's an option to allow people basically to have a conversation to reply to it. Uh, yeah. So I can't stand when I see either a good or awful comment that I can't reply to because it's just sitting there. There's no reply. Someone got really upset uh, about my camera not being focused during the fucking the 50th episode and they were like... I can't believe he couldn't fucking focus his camera for the 50th episode. That's absurd. Don't other people notice it? So I actually clicked on the channel and just left a comment on the channel. Did this one to the channel directly? <laughs> it's the first time I've ever done that. But yeah, that enrages me too when you can't have the discourse with a person, so, good or bad. So that's good that, that that's going to be re- remedied by this because it's on a... Well, then I'm sure you can still use it. However, what Google the having a Google Plus account, though, did create one extra step, though. Whether or not it was an identity, I thought it was less of a, someone, less of a way for a person to hide behind a fake identity to post something awful on YouTube. So that's sort of disappearing because you had to have a Google, you had to have a verified uh, account. Yeah, but I never put anything of any merit on that account. I mean, I put my name on there because I chose to. No, but it was just still an extra step. You couldn't okay. just you couldn't just come up with a fake email just it had to be a Google email okay, address. Okay, I, I got to that. create a Google right. Plus account sure, sure. to use YouTube. That's why I wish there was still some way to keep it that. It was in harder it. to make a dummy account. Just a sh- little bit. Sure. Just slightly harder. Okay. Um, one extra step. And, and I did see uh, less spam when there was a Google Plus requirement. Um, I did see, I don't want to say less hard, a little less hard. But then for YouTube, how do you tell how less hard the comments are when there's lots of hard comments to begin with? You know. I really appreciate the 25% of you that aren't hard. It's, it's 33. Well, 33.3% repeating. Well, I, you know, I said, don't don't look at the comments. The comments are, are bullshit, as Chris Pratt says. So this is fine. I like the change. I don't mind a company uh, trying something and failing as long as they admit that hey, we might go we might go backwards. Right. Cool. This is a follow up to something I believe we talked about briefly uh, in we? a previous podcast. Um, I think we did. Um, I certainly followed it back then. Whether we talked about it or not, who knows? Maybe we did. We've we've done fifty one of these fucking things so far, so it's tough to keep track. China is officially lifting the video game ban on consoles and game sales uh, in China that was started in two thousand. Um, they did a pilot test. They did a test of this pilot test unbanning. Uh, uh, yeah, like <laughs> they, they did. Basically, they 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 unbanned for a trial period in twenty fourteen. It's just so silly to say that we're going to sure. see if this doesn't affect our communist culture. We're going to unban a little so bit here. So they unbanned it in twenty fourteen to kind of see what happened, and now they are permanently. Unbanning video game systems. Because now, they see there's a market for tons of money to be made. Now, the thing was, is money was still being made for shops. Uh, shops were still selling stuff on the black market. Uh, widely open, um, even though it was technically illegal. From what I could gather, people weren't getting in trouble for this. Uh, but there is some... There is a, so, there's some good news to this. One, retailers should have easy access to their goods. Are they going to probably get taxed the hell out of themselves? Are they going to get a ton of taxes from China? Yes, probably. But having open and easy access to the goods they want to sell is going to be a great thing. Um, Two, there should become a China region, essentially, for games, I would think. 
uh, what this or or Asia region, I'm hoping is what they'll adopt. A more generalized Asia region. Uh, uh, yeah, because there isn't versus... there's Japan. There is an Asia region. I'm hoping that China simply becomes part of the Asia region. I, I don't see why I wouldn't. Yeah. But the reason why is because a lot of these black market stalls would import stuff from wherever they could. So you never knew if you could run. You know, you had to be very careful about making sure you could run this game on X system. This will also eliminate uh, potentially unplayable bootlegs. Bootlegs. This is good too. Um, It'll keep the price down for consumers. Well, that's my that's where I was going. You look at a place like Mexico that does not have a very does not really have an infrastructure for like video game distribution, and the prices for a lot of games is insane. Um, when Vani and I go down to visit, you know, visit parents and such, um, you know, we'll usually spin through a video game store, and like a DS game that's going for forty here or thirty five here is going for like seventy or eighty in Mexico. I imagine that's largely what was happening in China too. Um, you know, during during the period of the ban. It's interesting because Sony... So, well, it's interesting because China can still censor exactly what games are sold. Sure. Okay? Now, Sony is, is basically all about this. Microsoft has yet to comment, okay? So Sony's all about it. However, Sony has all of these, you know, mature-rated games that could potentially get censored. Um, which means that people will go back to the black market for these games, which means are they going to be able to play them on their legally purchased Chinese systems? What's funny to me is, in this article, um, Nintendo says they are carefully looking into the market. The fucking... Nintendo doesn't have a goddamn game that would be censored. Nintendo honestly could stand to profit the most from this with the least amount of interference from the Chinese government. It's not political anyway. <laughs> I mean, who knows? But I just think it's odd that, you know, well, I mean, I, I, it's not odd. I just think because it's Nintendo, it's not odd. Well, I just think it's funny because Nintendo's games are the least likely to be well, censored. Yeah, but you got to look at it. I mean, it's, it's one thing for Sony to do that, but it's not like Japan and China are great friends. No, I know. So they, they, I, yes, they're not, they're, I know. Uh, so that it might be the sort of thing, well, we can't come out and say, oh, good for good for our relationship with China. Maybe they're going to be like, yeah, you know how Nintendo is. They're, they're like... They're like the cool kid at the party in the corner. Like they're, they're pretending to care, but they're not, like oh, whatever. They're too it's, cool it's, for school. It's true. It, it's true. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, Sony and I mean Sony particularly is going to make their money. Well, Sony's like we got to make the money no matter what. So hell, let's open it up to wherever we can. And maybe know? I mean at this point they're probably profiting on PS3 system sales, so they could sell those. They have some first party uh, titles that they can sell, <laughs> um, but. You know, I mean, a lot of the big titles on that system are third party, so whether they get censored or not does not matter to Sony. I'd love to see if there's, like, Chinese Amiibo knockoffs out there. That'd be hysterical if there were. I mean, maybe. Um, so, I mean, this is good news for everyone. I, I, I hope they do a pilot for, you know, not censoring websites and searches. That'd be cool if, if China did a, a pilot for free speech. That'd be awesome. Pish posh. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see that again in twenty-five years. We're talking just nonsense. <laughs> so, Dragon Quest Eleven was officially announced, and the announcement is pretty big for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, because it's it's the biggest uh, RPG franchise out there. I mean, it's it's massive in Japan. When a new one gets released, it's basically a holiday. I'm excited because it's my favorite RPG series, even though I haven't really been able to play RPGs since high school. Um, and it's being released multi-platform. It's getting released on the PlayStation 4, the 3DS, 
and the Nintendo NX. Where, where, where was it reported about the NX? I, mean, uh, I believe they mentioned it at the very end of this video. Okay. Anyway. Which doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be released at the same time as those consoles. Maybe they figure no, well, it could, when it comes out, right. eventually we'll put it on that new console. But what's important here is that Dragon Quest has always come out... A Dragon Quest game has always come out on its initial launch for one system and one system only. Nintendo. And it is them placing all their chips on one system that is going to be the most successful. And a Dragon Quest release for your system is a blessing from the heavens. At least in Japan. People will buy the shit out of your system to play Dragon Quest games. So, it's interesting that they're splitting it. Because the PlayStation 4 is kind of a front-runner console in Japan. I mean, absolutely. Uh, there was reports of, like a month ago that uh, you know the, the Xbox One had sold like 144 units in one week. Like one week, they sold 144 units in the entire country of Japan. Um... So the the PS4 thing does not surprise me. The 3DS is kind of surprising, although not entirely, because Japan is moving in a very much mobile direction with their games, phone-wise. However... Faster than we are, even? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, their phones are always way ahead of ours in terms of technology. But Yuji Hori stated that he wanted this game to be on actual consoles. So... The 3DS makes sense as well, because even though Japan is moving incredibly fast to a mobile-only, and by mobile I mean phone, um, sort of gameplay style, uh, the 3DS is still a huge player, and is still something that is in a lot of people's pockets sure. and bags. So they've decided to split it, and what's interesting is, we're not just getting a high-def version and a low-def version of the game, we're getting very interesting versions of the game. You're getting a version for PS4 that's built on the Unreal Engine. You're getting a version for the D- 3DS, and this is fucking cool. They use two screens. The top screen shows the game in a 3D world. I'm not just talking like 3D graphics, folks. Uh-huh. I'm talking first person. No, I'm talking. It, 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 it's it looks like any sort of 3D RPG with like actual polygon graphics and all that. Okay. When you use the joystick, the thumbstick, you move around on the top screen, and all dialogue appears up there. However, the bottom screen. The entire game is designed to look like a classic 16-bit RPG. Which and if is you, like over, over the, the head. T- overhead. And if you move with the directional pad, you move around on that screen. It's a neat while gimmick. You, while you move at the top as well. I mean, everything... Yes, everything is related. Everything moves. Everything is related. you can move one or the but, other. But you're, yeah, you're looking... Yeah, everything oh. is related, and it's all... It, I mean, you're always going to end up at the same spot so when you move. It's like third-person 3D, like N64 style, or overhead 16 Yeah, I mean, and it's just... It's it's a gimmick, but it's so cool, because I'm the excited. amount of effort that has to go into that is nuts. I'm very excited about this news. Yeah, it's... Honestly, it's cool. It's, it's fucking neat as shit. It's really cool. So the other exciting part is um, the NX thing is not a rumor. They announced it because they also announced that um, Dragon Quest X would be getting a port to the NX. Uh, Dragon Quest X was their online version of Dragon Quest that no one in the United States got to see. People are assuming that it only makes sense that it's getting ported to the NX um, because it would give them a reason to bring Dragon Quest X over to the United... or to overseas, essentially. By the time Dragon Quest X released in Japan, okay. it didn't make sense for them to bring it over here. This would so, give the game new life on in Western markets. Okay, so two things. Wii U is asked out, it sounds like. It does sound like that, yes. But then again, it's like, well, people are playing on the 3DS anyway. I'm, I'm curious to see how this is going to sell on the PS4 versus the 3DS. The other... The other I think it's going to sell... I mean... All right. 
equally well. Equally, you think equally well? People, you think it's a game that people want to sit down in front of a TV versus on the go, like you know? Well, I mean, you're going to get more of a cinematic RPG experience. I mean, they haven't said much. I'm assuming the story is going to be the, mostly the same. Most the the same. characters are going to be mostly the same. Or different. It's just, gonna just be, different look, presentations. It's look different. Right. It'd be so, really interesting if they could. And who knows if they will. They could introduce something where no, because it's a Nintendo system. So if, if they're confident saying this is going to come out on the NX, and I'm still thinking the NX is not going to come out to 2017, um, because it hasn't been shown yet, and the Wii U didn't come out until a year and a half after it was shown at, at E3 2011 uh, originally. So I guess did Nintendo say something this Square Enix like? The NX is definitely going to be out in late 2016 or early 2017. Like, I'm very curious about, or, or are they just assuming, like everyone else, that it's going to come out first on the 3DS and PS4, and then maybe later in the year it'll come out on, you know, this new Nintendo system. Screw the Wii U, we want this new system to come out, because then we can port the PS4 version over to the NX. You know, or something of that nature. I'm not certain, because, well... That's a very weird thing to say, we're going to uh, plan this for a system that no one knows anything about. Sure. I... But I would take this in mind. Dragon Quest games from announcement to release usually take quite some time. Uh, let's say two years. Okay? That's two years before the NX comes out. That's actually kind of right where you and I think it would be. Because you and I are both basically on the same page. Well, I thought originally you said maybe end of 2016. I definitely said 2017. No, I said, I, I said that's the earliest, earliest I think it could happen. Oh, yeah, I do, definitely. I, yeah, it's not going to happen I, this winter. No, yeah. I do <laughs> think it's 2017. Yeah, I think 2017 is, is likely based upon the life cycles of these systems that we've seen. I also think, I, I earlier in the segment I started to say something and then caught myself because I realized Nintendo systems and Sony systems won't play together nicely. But... It would be interesting if you could get a version for the NX with all of its souped-up graphics and have your 3DS version and share your save file between the versions. Which would mean that both versions would right. kind of have to launch at the same time for or it to make sense. your 3DS has a controller on the NX. Yeah. Which some people thought when the Wii U was announced that that would be an option. They did use it for some games, like Smash Brothers. you can use it as a controller. Well, maybe they'll, they'll have no problem implementing it better, though. Yeah. You know, because I don't... I don't foresee a need for a new Nintendo handheld console for a while. I don't think anyone has come out and said we need a new, you know, Nintendo handheld. I use my 3DS all the time, and especially with the new 3DS with the second thumbstick now, yeah. I, I I don't look at it and see anything that I want out of it. It's like like you, really, you really need to hopped up graphics out much more on your handheld. No, no I'm, not, I'm not playing games on my handheld for graphics. I'm playing them because that's the only time yeah. I can fucking play them. So, I think it's cool. Well, NX, I hate. Then again, NX is not any any worse than the Wii U if that's the final name for it. Hell, they could have went with freaking Dolphin, and it would have been a, a better uh, name than Wii U. At least NX does not have W I I or U in it anywhere, so people cannot confuse it. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh wow, Nintendo's first new console in, in uh, you know eleven years," and they'll be like, "Oh no, they had another one. You just forgot about it." So, I want to touch on this more out of spite and hatred. Oh yeah, yeah. What the hell happened to the Ouya? People still have this thing? So, remember the Ouya? <laughs> the Ouya came out and it was supposed to revolutionize fucking console games. Basically, it was going to be a console you could hook up to your TV. And it is. It's, it is not, a console it's, it's not, Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like it doesn't... It, it was released. It had a it was released. huge fucking Kickstarter. You can put it... You hook it up to your TV and it basically plays Android-based games. So, it was good for... It was conceivably good for indie developers who needed a low-entry system to get a game on and potentially get it into people's homes. 
Ouya released a initiative called um, Free the Games that I also believe we talked about very early on, um, where essentially you could kickstart your game and they would price match you. Uh, basically, they would match your funding uh, on your game. Ouya would. Ouya would, yes. They'll put up the same amount of funding. Funding. Uh, until they ran out of a million dollars, basically. I and, think I remember heard this And they story. would fund you from... They they would match your funds anywhere from, I think it was, 5000 to 250000 Okay. Okay. And how they did that was, and I'm, I'm going from memory here, basically you got a chunk when the Kickstarter was done, you got a chunk when you submitted your beta, got a chunk when it was published, and you got a chunk when the exclusivity period was up. And what does Ouya... What would Ouya get out of the investment? Ouya wanted people to develop games. For they the just system. wanted a way to yes. get people in the door. Yes, to they wanted games. people okay. to and develop incentive. games so that they so people would have a reason to buy the system. Sure. So it's incentive for developers, which would create incentive for buyers. The problem is, is a lot of these. So the winners of the, the these 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 matchings, they went on to make their games, expecting this money to come through. And I honestly can't say that they are particularly naive, especially if they receive payments, you know, as per, as they should have, um, you know, according to the schedule. However, some of... Uh, Ouya has recently been bought out by Razer. And who knows what the fuck's gonna happen. The scooters? I don't know. I, I don't believe so. Uh, R-A-Z-E-R. <laughs> um, Razer scooters. Yeah, I do. The, uh, people still fucking cruising with a goddamn store on them in La Mesa all the fucking time. I always win them on the boardwalk. Um... Basically, a lot of these indie developers are being left without the funds to finish anything. I mean, they're in debt. They need to pay their artists. They need to finish off, you know, payments. And they're being left high and dry on chunks of money that they were supposed to get. And that's more than a little fucked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Supposedly, well, not supposedly. So far, what I've heard is basically Ouya's response is like, Not our fucking problem anymore. Sorry, bye, peace. And the issue is, is Razor is still using the Ouya name. So Ouya, the people who were running it, are like, oh, we're not a company anymore. But the people who transferred are still using the name. So in a sense, Ouya is still backing down. There's a transfer of power, but they're still... They're not seeing through these commitments to the end. This... I guess it, <laughs> I guess it would depend on the contract. And Well, the contract does state in, like... Uh, Does it state that the, um, go, it carries over to if there's a, a change no, of ownership? No, it says that in the event that you know something you know catastrophic happens to Ouya or whatever, that you know they might not see the, this money. But still, it's it, it's it's disheartening at the very least. Even if it's contractually stated, it's disheartening that these develop these indie developers who put their heart and effort into a game for this system in hopes that they could help it take off are now being boned and left with bills. Oh, that is bad. I mean, and that doesn't look good. I mean, what this does is it, it leaves a bad taste in the mouth for anyone else. It leaves a bad taste in the mouth for consumers and anyone else who wants to try to make an open source system where they're going to try to get indie developers to make games for it to sell it. There's going to be a lot of trepidation for that. Well, it seems like a risky venture from Ouya to say, oh, we have all this money to dish out. Um... And then what happens if you never get that fan base to return the investment of buying the amount of games to make up for well, this it? What's what happened? I mean, because I mean, all these people that bought an Ouya, and I don't know of anyone that's ever come up and said, yeah, I own an Ouya and it kicks ass. 
You know, I, I don't I don't know of anyone. I just don't. Even my most annoyingly over optimistic friends, and I love them dearly. That got an Ouya. That got an Ouya. We're done with the fucker in like two you, weeks to a month. Really? They were just done. They were just done. Boxing it back up, putting it away. They were finished with it. Now I know some people, but mostly developer friends, who kept the thing out so they could run builds on it, and they really wanted to like you know get something good out on there. And uh, even like six months after that, I stopped really hearing about it. Like I, I think I still have a friend working on an Ouya game, and the sad thing is, is it looks like a good game. But um, yeah, I mean the the Ouya hype train, I mean, died almost immediately after launch, and they kept trying to pump new blood and new new hype into it. Um, you know, the first time they did this uh, free the games thing, it was gamed by a bunch of people, so they had to, you know, redo the. Basically, this company did not know what the fuck they were doing. They they, they released a, a contest, essentially this, that allowed people to game the system to get free money. Then they redid it. They got a bunch of real people in who wanted to do this and make games for the system, and now they're not paying them. And now they're selling off the fucking property. All right. <clears throat> a nice mess all around, and of course the little guy gets screwed. The end. Uh, so this is interesting. By the way, Frank is officially done. I think he was into the Fantastic Four movie for like a week. And then when he started seeing, started seeing more and more commercials, he's like, I'm not seeing this. I'm like, thank you, Frank. It looks terrible. I haven't seen any commercials. Like I said... The I commercials will... are almost as if they are glossing over the fact that it's a Marvel superhero movie. Like, you can't even almost tell from the commercials how it's being marketed. Like I said months ago, that's actually after... Seeing the first couple of previews and being like, this is fucking awful. To everyone who called me a Marvel fanboy. Um, this movie looks like shit. It was at the point that it stopped looking like they were acknowledging it was a Marvel movie that I personally became interested. But it's interesting, I think, that 20th Century Fox realizes that this is major issues. Like we said before, maybe we brought it up that they canceled the 3D conversion on this. Mm-hmm. Saying, oh, it's not meeting our specifications. No, I don't think you realize that you're going to recoup the costs on it. Yeah. no. It's, coming it's... coming out in in any movie that comes out in August, for the most part, by that point in the summer, since now the summer movie season, season starts now in like April, basically. It used to be like uh, late May. Now it's like April when Marvel comes out with their stuff. You know, like Winter Soldier last April. That sort of blew it open for, oh, now we can start it up now. Right. You know, like around Easter. We're making millions of dollars. That's a bad sign. It's a bad sign that the marketing's been so low key. Uh, it's a bad sign. It already comes out like next week, I think already. Yeah, I've even and I haven't seen it. anyone on any talk shows for interviews or anything. Um, it's obviously bad that they, you know, the director Josh Trank. They basically sounds like sort of left him off to the side, and the producers were, themselves were handling reshoots. Uh, for oh, the yeah, movie. they told him, please do not appear. Yeah, Did don't come think? anywhere. Yeah. Don't come anywhere. Basically, back to this project. Yeah. So. Um, I think it's great for the fact that if this tanks, you might have uh, you might have Marvel Studios going, hey, can we you know, work out a similar deal like we did with good old Spidey and everyone wins? Not that I think that they're going to do it, but it, it leaves me reasons for pause that I see that they're already talking about a potential X-Men and Fantastic Four crossover in the movie universe since 20th Century Fox has a rights to both of them. That doesn't particularly excite me. No, it doesn't excite anyone. Because the X Men movies have been pretty well done. Yes, this one looks like this one looks like to, to coin your expression or use your expression horse shit. And yeah. 
Brian Singer is teasing it as if anyone wants to freaking see it. It's not like we've had three or four awesome, ex- uh, excuse me, Fantastic Four movies. It's not like people are really excited about this uh, Fantastic Four movie because no one is. No, I, I, you know, even even though I will possibly go see it, I'm not exactly excited. I'm I'm interested in just let me put it this way: if once again, if Batman v Superman was about a Superman in a banana suit and a Batman that was a literal bat. I mean, that would be kind of what this Fantastic Four movie is. And then I'd go see Batman v Superman. Literal <laughs> bat. Uh, th- this this Fantastic Four movie is so not a Fantastic Four anything that I'm I'm willing to maybe take it on whatever it actually is. But um, really, all a all a potential X Men versus uh, cro- uh, Fantastic Four crossover is would be 20th Century Fox desperately trying to save the Fantastic Four franchise. But all that movie would be would be four characters that they have failed to make anyone give a shit about, drag down characters that they have worked very hard to try to get people to give a shit about again, which would be the X-Men. Sure. And, and it's weird, though, also because with the, with the current X-Men franchise, the next movie is going to be, like, set in the 80s, so it wouldn't even match up. No. Unless they did a new X-Men, a third, basically, series of X-Men, going from the originals to now you have the three that play, take place in, like, the 60s, 70s, and, I guess, early to mid-80s. And then you that doesn't coincide with a modern day Fantastic Four. It's a mess. And you can see why Marvel's like, fuck you for ruining basically the comic that relaunched our entire, you know, uh, company in the 60s. It's the fucking dawn of superhero comics as we know them today. In the Silver Age, yes. Yes. So, my hopes are kind of like yours the way you touched on before. I hope it makes $12 million the opening weekend. I hope Fantastic Four tanks. Which I think it will. Even with my potential $10 or whatever. You better not see it. <laughs> People would give you so much shit if you see that, not Batman v Superman. I just explained my reason. You think it looks like as a non-Fantastic it's Four It's so movie. fucking out there. I don't see how you separate it from Fantastic Four, though. That's like saying I want to see a Spider-Man movie okay. about a guy that's kind of in a Spider-Man yes. suit, but it is a but Spider-Man. But here's the other thing. I don't really give a fuck about the Fantastic Four. Okay. I do give a fuck about Batman and Superman. Okay. Okay, anyways. But you, but, um, but you hate DC, though. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge DC hater, despite the fact that my fucking weekly pulls have tons of DC comics in them. This week alone, it's like fucking Batgirl, and last week was Gotham Academy. Anyways. Um, and yeah, I know she uses a fucking sword and a shield, but that's not all she uses, and she looks like a fucking gladiator reject. Very uh, gladiator. She's Zap. Yeah. Or gold, or lace. So, uh, anyway... I can't wait until people just fucking flip their shit and fucking crap their pants all over again. <laughs> you pants-shitting babies. Um, so, I hope Fantastic Four tanks. I hope that Marvel's like, hey, we can give you some money and save you a little bit of face. Gets it. And then Fox realizes all we have left is X-Men. And you know what? Eventually, we're not going to be able to do much more with them unless well, we incorporate other superheroes. No, I think the X-Men can survive in the room because there's so many mutants. There's like a billion of them that they can They can, but off. to me, especially with the way comics have been going, it's so weird for me to look at X-Men in their own self-contained universe. Does it work? Did I like... It's been working so far, it, yes. It, yes, it has. But what I'm saying is in the future, I'm hoping the that future. they... They can use that to get X-Men back into the fold. That'll be phase six when we're both 70 years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Fucking spitting my goddamn <laughs> peas across the room because finally Marvel's got X-Men back in. You will be shitting your pants. I will be. Literally, I, I, will, I will. I will. I will fucking put my head through the roof because a pile of dupe will take me straight through to the top. Um, It'll be a fountain Well, stream. we're just going to end on that. So, 
Pat? That's... Okay. So I wake up. I'm at Con Bravo. I wake up. Uh, I'm rooming with my friend Andre Meadows, Black Nerd Comedy. Check him out. Very talented. Very nice guy. We wake up. We're going through our phones. I'm half asleep. And Hulk Hogan's trending on Twitter. And usually at this point, if, 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 if a wrestler is trending when there's no wrestling event going on... It's bad. It, it could be bad, but it's hey. death. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, I'm thinking, please, Hogan, don't be dead. Don't be like Ultimate Warrior. Don't be like uh, Randy Savage. So all we see is, I start seeing is that a link to... Uh, he's in trouble because of a radio interview he did a few years ago where he was talking about Booker T talking about the famous... Uh, dropping the N-bomb live on WCW. Well, he was like also talking about being in the club and him being a dumb old white man, blurring the line between one person saying something to yes. you and him being able to say it. But it, it, was yes. like a, it was like a naive, ignorant thing for someone to say, but it wasn't totally awful. And I'm thinking, this is, this is strange that this is trending. Then I started to read more. Then you start to read that WWE has fired Hulk Hogan. I'm like, well, that, is, that seems strange. They're firing him over a radio interview from three years ago that people knew about when it happened. So did people first find out about it? Why they fire him over something that seems... It's not bad what he said. It's just sort of like, okay, it's, he's just being naive and sort of ignorant. He's you know, dumb. It was just a, yeah, it's a dumb thing. It wasn't malicious. But then I started reading more. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay. Now they've, they've taken... WWE's taken his Hall of Fame profile off the website. Wow, did he kill someone? What's going on? Does he have a dog fighting ring? Uh, you know, at Venice Beach that we don't know about? So it turns out, and this is one of the reasons why I guess uh, Hogan, besides an invasion of privacy, which it is, he's going off for Gawker Media for putting clips of the sex tape online. Uh, sex with uh, his friend, ex-friend Bubba the Love, Love Sponges, I hate, I hate awful radio names, uh, wife Heather Clem, a sex tape from 2006 that went online, I believe, 2007 or 2008. Why he's going after Gawker Media more so is that he didn't want parts of the tape to come out because he had extremely awful, awful racist tirades on the tape. Holy shit. Like, ones that when you, you can go online, I know I know we're in a, in a, I hate to use a phrase, but some people do look at it as an outrage culture overall and you can say there are overreactions to some things some people say this is one of those cases though where i don't think you can defend it at all and no one's really defended it where it's like no, i never had a high profile view of hogan to begin with but no. now now he's shit on the bottom of my shoe <laughs> so basically what hulk hogan i guess after having sex on the sex tape and these are transcripts that that were leaked out this is bad for Gawker and Hogan, obviously, because uh, it's bad for both of them. This is uh, Hogan suing Gawker for a hundred million dollars, and so um, the the contents of the sex tape there was like a minute or two that were released online, like six six years ago or so, but the rest of it hadn't been released, and the judge sealed the contents of this tape so it wouldn't be made public. So someone leaked out a transcript of what Hogan said in the sex tape somehow, even though the judge sealed it. And in this tirade, he's talking about his his daughter. Was Brooke. it leaked or was it unsealed in no, relation it? to the the? Okay, no, okay, it's okay. not unsealed. Uh, this is like serious. How this got okay. out? Um, this is fuel to Hogan's fire for the lawsuit. We'll get to that. No, you so, see, okay, yeah. So uh, he's talking about his, his daughter Brooke being backed by uh, a billionaire N word, and then talking about his daughter not not wanting to see his daughter with racial epithet times a thousand and then going racial epithets were running wild brother yeah Yeah. i mean all over the fucking place just seven or eight times 
just it's not even like one of those things that you could it's not even like a Donald Sterling thing where he's just a guy out of touch and concerned about how his friends are looking at him. This is worse than that. This is just just this isn't even like just, you know, uh naivety or prejudice from a guy that's eighty years old. This is just out and out malicious Racism. hate. Yeah. Um where it's a level above that. So I guess WWE is saying Whoa, we don't want any part of this, which is funny just because I, I'd watch them that Monday or Tuesday on being a tough enough judge. So Nintendo released... Nintendo, the, huh? Nintendo. Well, Nintendo <laughs> WWE, they're both huge and make bad decisions. <laughs> Nintendo releases them. WWE releases them with a statement saying, you know, we're all for our diversity. Blah, blah, blah. And, release them. and so uh, we, you can look at this from multiple angles. But first, Hogan's g- basically going to put Gawker out of business at this point. If he didn't have a court case before about them leaking this tape. Uh, now he's going to add uh, termination uh, because they released this tape uh, and the fact that they basically ruined my life and my career. Uh, Gawker potentially could be gone, and with that you have all their several websites, including good old Kotaku, could be wiped off the, the earth, and that's a real possibility. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, I mean, there's no good way for W to have handled this, but I will say this. It's hard to eliminate the guy that's responsible for your company being where it is entirely. Um, to totally say he doesn't exist anymore is a little over the top to remove him from your entire website. You can say we eliminate him, he won't be in the video game anymore, we're not going to produce any toys, we're not going to market him, we're not going to make any money off him. But to say, to say he is worse than guys we have in the Hall of Fame that pretty much allegedly, but may have killed people, that to me is a little over the top. It's because it's not like you're going to go on WB.com and because Hogan's not there anymore, you don't realize he exists still. It's not like you can't go on the WB Network and watch WrestleMania 3 and watch the most famous moment in pro wrestling history. You know, so it, this is a strange sort of reaction, but I understand that they did, why they did it, but it's like Really? You had to, like, erase everything about the guy? I have a slightly yeah. different take. I okay. mean, but I did see a, a, a fairly funny picture. Uh, so did I. After the, the same one you after saw. After the whitewashing one, it was like, the greatest moment in wrestling history ever, uh, Andre the Giant tripping over himself for the three counts. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's a Photoshop, yeah. some, a great Photoshop of, of Hogan being eliminated from WrestleMania 3 yeah, yeah, the body yeah. slam. Yep. Yeah. So, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, my thing is this. I don't disagree with the WWE wanting to distance themselves from this piece of shit as fast as they possibly can. Sure. I agree with you that eliminating him is not really going to eliminate him from anyone's mind. In, it's impossible. In, in terms. However, this is what really chaps my ass. And it's not that Hogan's gone. What bothers me is that they chose to get rid of Hogan Yet they allowed a homophobic, bigoted, racist, piece of shit motherfucker like the Ultimate Warrior into their Hall of Fame just last year. Sure. Well, and and, and you can make that argument um, that a lot of the people in the Hall of Fame were awful, or in the uh, Ty Cobb in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Who, oh, sure. Who who was a, you know a KKK member basically? Yeah. You know. So what is your Hall of Fame then? Is it for your performance, or is it for your personality and who you are as a person? And and WWE has to decide that, and by what you just said, they're basing it, which you could argue is most importantly how you performed in the ring. Because 
Well, by that standard, the fucking uh, Ultimate Warrior shouldn't be in there anyways, and neither should Hogan. Well, that's but what I'm saying, whatever. though. Yeah. How are you judging it? Because people, people say, you know, Pete Rose shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because he gambled, but he has the most hits of all time. But he was slimy and gambling on baseball. Yeah. So how are you judging it? How's your Hall of Fame? Uh, because there's some, there's some Hall of Fames that say in particular, we don't give a shit about them as a person. It's what they did in the sport themselves. Sure. Um, and while it's not the exact same as, say, Tom Hanks acting in a role, you have to understand that pro wrestling is, an, you're putting on an act. So, uh, can you separate Hulk Hogan, the performer, versus Terry Bollea, the individual? And that's a whole other conversation. Now, it's, 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 that, that it's a little... That's the art versus artist conversation yes. we had, and I... It's a little harder... Tough. It's, it's, it's a little tough. harder when it's pro wrestling, just because when it's a pro wrestler... It's a, a larger extension of the person versus an actor who's totally playing someone else. When you, yes, you're acting as a pro wrestler, but you're using a guy like Hulk Hogan is using his natural personality. The best pro wrestlers use their natural pro personality, whether it's Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. Those are the wrestlers you remember the most. Not not the guy who's pretending to be a, a, a garbage man, you know, or guys pretending to be a clown. Those are the guys. Yeah, we remember them, but you remember the guys where it's the personality and the person themselves. Sure, that's the guy we like. I wish I wish I could have a more nuanced opinion on this, but I fucking hate Hulk Hogan. I've always that, hated fucking Hulk Hogan, so bye 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 bye. Yeah, it's not shocking he's like this. I will say this though, and he's admitted it even before this came out that this was an extremely low point in his life. This was when he when uh, oh really sleeping with your best friend's wife and then going on a racist tirade is not well, the well, high point. Well, well, the friend wanted him to have sex with the wife. It was a it was a setup to tape him, which is shitty in of itself. We can look at this from a lot of angles where uh, it's a little. It, obviously, the horse is out of the barn, but it always bothers me when something that happens in private comes out publicly and it's used against a person. Because for that to happen to someone, if something happened to me or people I know, where people say shit in private all the time that you don't want out there, you know, to be judged by it for the entire world, sure, but... you is, 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 is it's crappy for it to happen. Uh, it, it just is. I, like I said, like I said, though, the horse is out of the barn. It's, it's out there. You, you have to go by what happens. You don't want people to know your secrets. But if, if 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 this is who you are, I'm not going to also feel particularly bad for you being outed as a racist or a murderer or or whatever the fuck it is that you're well, being outed for. Uh, there's a big difference between I know, murderer but saying, and like, racist. But I'll get to that in a second too, because if the WWE is gonna take out Hogan, then they better take out a lot of history of racism that happened inside. Oh, yeah. no. The company inside off. the company because Hogan never did anything racist inside the company. Plenty of other wrestlers did though. That's what I'm going to get to. So Roddy Piper doing half blackface at WrestleMania what seven or eight versus facing um uh uh what the hell Bad News Brown yes stuff like that DX going in blackface to make fun of the nation domination during the Attitude Era. Or what about the absolutely fantastic and unforgettable... The McMahon? Uh, no, the, the fucking usage of uh, uh, Shofunaki and Takamichinoku and Val Venus, the whole choppy-choppy-your-pee-pee -pee angle from... I mean, who could forget that, Gold? That, that's one. That's another one. Uh, McMahon dropping the N-bomb live on SmackDown in front of to John Cena. Yeah. And then Booker T looks at him like, he didn't just say that. So we're talking... This is racist stuff, again, inside your organization that's part of your product. What Hogan did was on his own free time. Um, so if you're going to make that judgment against them, you've got to make a stronger judgment against what you've done yes. yourself. And Which, I'm not even talking about ethnic 
caricatures because that's been a part of a wrestling forever and that's a way to draw heat you can say it's bad or good but that goes back to that goes back to just how wrestling was always marketed you had your italian groups that went for the italian wrestler your portuguese groups went for your portuguese wrestlers that's just how wrestling's always been marketed to draw in the crowd but we're talking we're talking <laughs> stuff that happens in the 90s and 2000s that's not acceptable, and even then it was like kind of uncomfortable. But now you get skewered for. How about the fake gay wedding they had with oh, Billy yeah. Gunn and mm-hmm. uh, Chuck, whatever his last name was? Were even Glad put out a statement supporting it. And then they realized it was all a ruse, and you, and then Billy goes, "You think I'm gay?" And they're throwing down the flowers. Yeah. How about uh, Jerry Lawler back in I think '94 calling Goldust a uh, homo? You know sexual but a worse term yeah you know like this is stuff that happened again product on tv no so you well it, it, no so i i agree with you there they i mean and this is this is beyond hogan this is no longer a defense uh, no this, this is, no, this is no longer, i mean fuck hogan we're all on board with that um this is more of a criticism of the wwe but i think that what you're saying is true but i also think that's why they were so quick to burn the because they hogan. don't do that anymore because it's the pg era and they need to eliminate any remembrance of that stuff as quickly as they can. But Which they is can't. why I think they went... No, I know they can't. I know they can't. But I think that's why they were so quick to eliminate him as quickly as they possibly could. I'm not saying that it was... It atones for the sins of their past. And I'm not saying it's going to work in the way they want it to. But that's why they did it. I'll just go back to you real quick about... When, when, Ho- when this was going on with Hogan... Like, like, he has admitted during this time that he was suicidal. Not, and this isn't excusing him, but this was a pretty shitty point for him in his life. So, it's something that happened nine years ago. Well, that would have been when he was breaking up with his wife, right? Probably around there. I'm not sure when, when his son hit the guy. That, I mean, that's, that's why Hogan's a piece of trash, too. Because after his son, Nick, you know, paralyzed someone in an accident, there's conversations that, that came out where... He was, they were talking about, oh, when I get out of prison, Dad, you can get me on a reality show to talk yes. about this, right? And we're like, oh, yeah, you can. That, to me, is gross. Fucking disgusting. You know, and that was, I think it was a veteran, too, that was paralyzed. It was just just terrible. The whole no, thing I was just reading terrible. Nothing so, you ever hear about Hogan outside no, of the fucking No, he's a disgusting yeah. individual. Yeah. So, again, this doesn't surprise me, but, again, going back to other stuff that's happened in WWE, um, the, the firing of Del Rio, what was it, earlier this year or, or last year, after he slapped the guy who... Uh, said something uh, allegedly racist against Latinos, and then uh, Del Rio slapped them, then got fired for that. Uh, Mark Henry having problems of racism, reporting that inside the company. Other black wrestlers. So again, this is stuff happening in your company. Yep. Not a guy on a sex tape that was uh, w- had his rights violated with a hidden camera. This is stuff in your company. Clean that shit up, and then when you do this stuff, it's more readily acceptable to me for you to say, oh, we're going to distance ourselves from this awfulness when we have our awfulness already still here. That's I believe your penance a lot more if this stuff isn't already happening. Hey, thank you very much. This is, again, this doesn't they can do whatever the hell they want. It's at will employment. And like I said, Hogan is, doesn't sound like a great individual anyway. But yeah, clean up your own your own house first before you do this. Um and then just leave his freaking profile on the website. That's just it's that's just for that's just weird to do that. That's almost like overcompensating and then it, it brings more attention to well, it. Well, Chris Benoit killed his entire family and killed himself and, I mean, his matches are still on the network. I yeah. mean, you know, that's awful and, I mean, I don't know, does he have a profile on the WWE like website? I, I, don't, probably, I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, again, I, again, Once again, el- I understand why they eliminated it. It's just, it's not going to magically erase from people's mind. This is not the eternal sunshine. Um, it, it's, not, <laughs> it's, it's not going to work in that way. It's not going to work. 
It's time for Q&A. Jesus Christ, how did I get through this podcast, or at least most I of it? I don't know. Same here. At Mecha Dragon 101 Hey, Ian, how can I be like you when I grow up? When I grow up, I want to be like Ian. Um... <laughs> you, you don't want to be like me. Uh, read a lot of books. Um, get picked on a lot when you're a kid. Uh, enter high school. Decide you don't give a shit. Uh, do a lot of LSD. Uh, and a uh, shitload of LSD. Uh, and then, you know, move to the opposite side of the country uh, to chase a girl. Uh, break up with said girl. Uh, find a woman that you are in love with. Get married. Uh, do podcast. Uh, question mark. Profit. <laughs> well, you are profiting from the podcast. Yes, I know. <laughs> so, there you go. Were you, were you made fun of a lot in grade school before high school? Oh, yeah. I mean... Bullies I, were picking on you for what? What were they, what were they picking on you? For, for fucking everything. Were you, were you frail because you were a geek? Well, like, I was frail. Uh, I was a faggot. Uh, that's, that's what they called you, or yeah, you were oh, yeah. one? Should, no, I mean, that's what they called oh, me. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know. One of the problems was, I mean, I mean, I got made fun of in... in, in I, I went to Catholic school until the fourth grade. When, at that point, my parents were like, eh. Fuck this, um, and you know there it's pretty rigid. There's not a lot of like bullying because there's always people watching you. Mm-hmm. But I did get picked on there a little bit. It was that rough transition, and it can happen to any kid. I think when you go from something like that and you are dropped in the middle of public school at like fifth or sixth grade, Is that tough. Yeah, because you have it's like thrown to the wolves. The, the, these bonds that you're supposed to be building up mm-hmm. throughout your your youthful careers or your youthful school careers, you you, you no longer have. You know, you, I mean, you're basically starting fresh on something that people have been doing for, for five or six years at this point. Sure. So whether or not you've actually done anything, you are automatically disliked. Plus, we were fucking poor growing up. I did not wear, like, particularly great clothing. I mean, it was all hand-me-downs. It was usually too small or too fucking big. It had holes in it. I mean, I, I looked like I was fucking poor, and that was good enough. For, I mean, I went, to, I went to a fairly... I live... I was... We were poor in a fairly well-to-do neighborhood because there were areas of the neighborhood that were not so well-to-do, but it would still put me in the nicer school district, oh, which okay. is why my parents moved there, which means that you get a kid showing up to school and fucking, in shirts with holes in them and stuff like that and hand-me-down shoes, and yeah, you're going to get fucking picked which, up. Which unfortunately is one of the people things that I always bring up about why, if not Catholic schooling, I, I'm one of those guys that always was for uniforms in public schools because then any, everyone's in the same level. It, it's not something to separate one person from the other. I mean, it's, once you're in high school, I, I'm fine with the the, the, the identity thing, but I, I do agree at least uh, to a small degree. I don't know that I agree wholeheartedly, but yeah, uniforms do eliminate a lot of That's that. That's gone. That's one thing that you cannot pick on someone for. You know what I mean? It's not something to worry yeah. about. And plus... It's, you don't have to worry about expensive clothes as much, you know, stuff like that. If you just buy a uniform, that's it. That's what you wear to school. Yep. That's where you're wearing for a third of your life. Oh, I mean, basically, it, a uniform. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, it's not why, but I'm sure that was a huge boon to my parents, who my dad was still working his way through school, and my mom was a waitress. And uh, for them, Catholic school was probably like, holy fuck, we need to buy them like. Two or three outfits, and we can just three shirts, a couple pairs of slacks. Yeah, and that's that's it. And then you know we have his weekend clothes. You know this exactly. is so much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to Catholic school for basically all through high school, and um, yeah, my nice blue slacks and a blue shirt, and uh, I got made fun of uh, for being fat. I was fat, fat Pat. It's one of the worst things to have when you're overweight when you're a kid. I was they, husky. They, they called me P and Ian. 
Now that's gonna be fodder for a long time. That they P and Ian. P and Ian. That doesn't make any freaking sense. Uh, I, I never. And the thing is, I, I'm being honest here. Never once fucking pissed or shit myself in school. So the whole P and Ian thing was simply it was the first thing these kids thought of. That was the and, only thing that reminds me. And, and it, they just ran with it. Skiing Ian. Skiing. <laughs> you do that. You like small. Yeah. Um, I'm doing fucking cocaine. Uh, with, I wasn't even thinking grade. of that. But there, there's your influence there. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about that one. Um, but uh, yeah, I got made fun of. Um, I, I I fought back against bullies though. Um, I unfortunately fought a kid in eighth grade that used to be a friend, wasn't a bully, but after that the bullies sort of realized I could take him out because all my rage came out. Unfortunately, all my rage came out on the wrong kid in eighth grade. Well, that's how I was able to do a lot of acid in high school. I got into all my fights in middle school and one in early high school, and eventually, I mean, I had a lot of like skateboarder friends who were like a grade or two higher than me who just were like, don't don't mess with them. No. And then uh, I basically got to tell the rest of the world to fuck off for two years and just went and did my yeah. own thing. The, the unfortunate thing about this is a whole conversation is that um, it was my my Catholic uh, high school. Um, you went to a Catholic high school? I did too. That's all. Oh, okay. We didn't be a whole other topic, but it is because I there was no there was a decided lack of discipline that I didn't like that. A lot of the teachers turned a blind eye to. I wasn't bullied a lot, but other kids were pushing the lockers and stuff. And they didn't get in trouble for the little stuff. They get in trouble, obviously, if you got in fighting. But the little shit, there there should have been zero tolerance on. There wasn't. That's a whole other. Yeah, that is annoying. Because like in ele- at least on the elementary level in my school. Um, oh, in elementary school, no yeah. one, no one, elementary school, no one fucked around. Oh, when I got into my fight in eighth grade, I was suspended for three days. That was a huge deal. Yeah, and I had never gotten into trouble before. Then again, I beat up the kid in front of literally half the school at lunch. But that's a whole other conversation. Uh, but. The, the lack of discipline in the high school was annoying to me because I figured I'm not that worse off if I went to public high school. And at least, I, you know, what, what, what are you smiling? Well, I just think it's funny that this, hey, Ian, how can I be like you when I grew up question has spawned perhaps a longer discussion than what? any of our previous topics simply by way of just trains I, derailing. I'm not. It's not a derailing. <laughs> it's a... I can talk for I can talk for an hour about my high school experience. Oh, so a high school was one of the worst periods of my life. That's but we can talk about that another time. Yeah, it was good for me starting junior year. That, wasn't good for me. That was drugs. Wasn't good for me. It got worse. My my senior year was terrible. Anyway, at blh underscore productions, thoughts on the realistic female video game characters and the realism versus fantasy debate. Let me take this if I can. Well, Let you me can start, start it. This. Let me start with this. We might agree on this. I think we might agree on this. I'm going to well, say there's a 75% chance we might agree on this. This is how I look at it. Um, SJW, whatever. That's nothing to do with that. No, well, to a degree, it does. Okay, it does a little bit, but, but go. So, first. Here's, here's my thing. I am glad that women are being portrayed more realistically in games. Absolutely. Especially on these mainstream games... Uh, these mainstream RPGs, these Tomb Raiders, these things like that, they are no longer being uh, marketed to teenage boys that need pandering. Um, they are being portrayed more realistically, uh, with more realistic personalities, and this is great. However, as a person who plays the Sunrun Kagura series of games... Which is? Uh, ex- incredibly large-boobed ninjas uh, <laughs> action games. Um, I mean, anime style. Uh, How dare I, you, Ian? I am not... I am not adverse to the whole fantasy aspect of it. But I do think that, especially... But, but this is the thing. That's a niche market of games, okay? It's it's over the top, it's cutesy, and there's a lot of boob jiggling. And there's a place for that. Just like 
they can do something like that with dudes, and I'm fine. You can overglorify. I mean, there's like a there's an anime based on swimmers where like all the dudes are like you know drawn fucking you know buff as shit and sleek, and girls love it, and that's fine. Big packages, just like you know six packs and whatnot, and that's that's totally fine. Like ogle what you want to, but I think that for video games to kind of get a mainstream respect, these mainstream games need to stop with things like fucking exposed midriffs and fucking boob armor and shit like that. Stuff that makes zero fucking sense. So I'm very happy that in the realm of more broadly accepted games, everyone, anything, women especially, are being portrayed less as sex objects and more as... Um, characters in a story who are dressing appropriately and filling their roles as they would in real life. I think the story and context of the game is everything. Sure. And, and you, I think it's silly to have an outrage over a, something like uh, like DOA Volleyball when it is what it is. It's big boob girls playing volleyball and that's your experience. Right. It's so- a fantasy. It's like softcore porn. That's what yeah, it is. That's what Southern Tiger is. As you get beat up, yeah. you lose clothes until you're in a swimsuit. And it's not pretending to be something it's not. There's a difference between that and then having a serious game. And then all your male characters are serious. And then all of a sudden, all your female characters are, are half just, naked. Are half naked, eye candy, stupid characters. So then what you're doing then is, is mixing the message and then throwing any sort of... Uh, uh, st- structural integrity of the story and characters out the window. That, to me, is entirely different, and that's when I think it is justified to have a debate about a character being misrepresented. Yeah. Th- that's in- and that's with the movies or anything else. That's that's valid. But you cannot say, uh, this, game is, uh, uh, this game is sexist, this game is wrong, just because on the surface there's a scantily clad female... It, there's more than that. It's the, conte- it's the context of the entertainment. Yes, you cannot blanket statement all of these games. There is a time and a place for fantasy and for cheesecake, which is what I call it. You, you call, call it, so- it cheesecake. You call it softcore porn, I call it cheesecake. There's a time and a place for that, and that's okay for both men and women. But like you said, when it's a more serious role... You need these characters to be portrayed seriously. Yeah, if you're portraying the men one way, it's only f- fair to have the women portrayed the same way. Yeah. That, that to me is totally valid, and to me that's more interesting. I don't want to play a, a story where all, all, all the females are, are one-dimensional or just you know tits and ass. Again, unless because it's not fucking real life. Again, unless that's what the world is. If that's the Duke Nukem world. That's fine. The whole world and is ridiculous. See, now Duke Nukem, I, I would... Duke Nukem is something that I would disagree with you on. I feel like Duke Nukem is, is a bit misogynistic to the point of... Duke Nukem wants to be taken as something more seriously no, than it, it is. No, it doesn't. That's a send-off of 80s action movie tropes. The, no, uh, it's a Duke piece Nukem. of shit that cashed in on boobs and ripping off quotes from other people. I, see, that's right. I, I, I think that's so obviously over the top where I think that's where it's just... To me... It's, it's an 80s movie. Okay. He looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the character. We're on the same page with different paragraphs. To okay. me, Center and Cogra is so over the top that you cannot take it as something else. Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball... Uh, you, think, you think some people can take Duke Nukem as seriously, therefore... Not necessarily seriously, but I, I see it as... Is it straddling a almost, line? It, it, it's, it's a line. It's almost more mean-spirited. I believe the portrayal is almost more mean spirited. Okay, I see. Okay, I've seen what you're saying there. When, when you have, I guess, the female aliens, uh, when, the, when the when the nude females, and then they get turned into aliens, and you kill them and stuff like that. That's to you a little bit yes, too much. That's too much. Okay, for I agree me. with that. I agree with that. That's a little bit too uh, too weird. But um, all right, 
That's fine. Um, like I said, it's, it all comes down to the context. I have no problem. I think it's great that there's stuff like Magic Mike out there for women to, to see. Sure. It's fantastic. No, and, and that's uh, the thing. I, I feel like a lot of this debate wouldn't occur if there were more people who would go out there and make the similar thing, uh, make a similar thing for, for women. And I'm all for it. Everyone, dude, porn exists for a reason, and you don't always need hardcore porn, but sometimes it's nice to just look at boobs. Sometimes girls just want to look at muscle or their ideal version of a guy, and that's okay to be put in the game form. That There's nothing wrong with that. Magic Mike coming to 3DS? <laughs> Boners in your face, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Onwards. Uh, la- I, sh- I should also say, ladies and, and men. It's not like just ladies want to see dick. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> and, not, and, not, and, and not just men want to see boobs. Uh, it, it depends on your persuasion. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm a beard deep. I got to make sure I cover the bases because that would we, be wrong. We can otherwise. admire the male form. I, you know, I, I'm I'm totally 100 percent okay with judging a dude's attractiveness, and I don't feel bad about it. I don't either. Why not? Moving on. At C. Charles Reed, do you foresee demand for Famicom and Super Famicom games rising as NES Super Nintendo games become prohibitively expensive? I am going to say blanketly no. Yeah. Uh, uh, Okay, go, you go. Uh, for, for a few reasons. One, half the games you won't be able to play in that form through RPGs, you know, expensive RPGs. Good luck translating that, that Super Famicom game. Um, or even, hell, some of the basic stuff in the Super Mario 3, uh, you know, Famicom version, there's a lot of text in there. That's one of them. Uh, two, it's a familiarity, and I think there's sort of a, there's sort of this, uh, I don't want to say aversion, to getting popular games that are, are foreign, but it doesn't have the same feeling. Just That's all I'm going to say. If you look at the prices right now for Super Famicom games for popular titles, they're not really uh, competitive in terms of a lot of times they're a lot cheaper. You go out and like, get like a, a Super Mario Kart for Super Famicom or Super Metroid, you know, it's not expensive at all. People aren't really into that at this point. I think what's going to happen instead... So you're saying people are more into the... They're actually kind of into the amount of money they're paying for it. Is that what, is that what you're saying? No, I'm or? saying I'm saying they, they they want to get that U.S. version, and the Japanese version is not going to not uh, going to matter, no matter what, sure. to them. Uh, I think what's going to happen is is if, as the common games go up in value, you're just going to see people say "fuck it" and get flash drives more and more. Okay, no, perfect. Because here's my take on it: for something like uh, Famicom and Super Famicom, exactly, when the price gets too high. People aren't going to turn to imports. They're going to turn to EverDrives mm-hmm. and SNES EverDrives. However, a a better system to look at in this way is the PC Engine versus the Turbo Graphics. It's a niche system to begin with. It's a system that people pick up because they're going to collect for it. Yeah, there's a Turbo EverDrive, and yes, it's sold out very quickly at too many games. There is a market for it. But we are starting to see increasing prices for games that were released in the U.S. that have PC Engine releases because people have been going to them as cheaper, because people want physical copies. Whereas I feel like with the NES and the SNES, it's less collector... How do I even phrase this? It's not necessarily less collector-oriented, but they're not going to give a shit. They're just going to give up and give it into the EverDrive. The difference with the Turbo Graphics is, I will say blanketly, that the vast majority of Turbo Graphics collectors are playing their games versus an NES collector or a Super Nintendo collector. Sure. Therefore, they're not going to care as much. And also, since a lot of those expensive games are shooters, getting the Japanese version doesn't matter at all. Right. No, absolutely not. It doesn't matter if you get Super Air Zonk or Air Zonk for PC Engine versus the US. It really doesn't. 
You know, it's the same exact action going on. Right. It's not like there's a. T- there's not like it's not like there's like a. Uh, you know, a lot of expensive. There, well, there are some, but it's not like you're going to go buy. You know, the Japanese or search out the Japanese version of a U.S. RPG for Turtle Graphics. Those aren't the games people are really into for the system for the most part. And, and, no, and, that's the nice thing about the Turbo is like almost all the games are equally playable in U.S. or Japanese form, with the exception of some notable so, RPGs like Ease. So when you meet a TurboGrafx quote-unquote collector, they're more of the hardcore player. Like, you're not going to get into a system like TurboGrafx because there's not a lot of iconic characters. There's not a lot of, of games that were popular. Really, the TurboGrafx scene had three popular games, if you want to go that far. Splatterhouse, Bunk, and uh, not even Blazing Lasers. I was going to say, Blazing Lasers is an outlier. Not Maybe even. Bloody Wolf is Bl- an outlier. No, not Bloody Wolf. Splatterhouse, uh, Bonk's Adventure... And the third one would be, um, I just had a top my, I already forgot it. Yeah, I already forgot the freaking game. I would say the other two are, out, are outlier running contenders, but yes, there's not a lot that immediately comes to mind for people. So you can get Bonk, you can get Splatterhouse and be fine. I mean, Keith Courage, but I, I don't that's think not, for, not, not for popular. quality reasons. That's not popular. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It's a fun game. That's not a popular game. It's not I said, oh, we got to get the turbo to play Keith Courage. No, no one said that no. ever no, 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 in no. the history of ever. Oh, probably like a Devil's Crush or an Alien Crush. Even that, though, it's like... Uh, not not judging by legendary acts. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about games are popular when the system was out. Go on, anyways. <laughs> Go on with yourself. Go on. Um, I want to touch on this one. This is at the sick Chris twenty seven. They're fixing the multiplayer glitch on Battle. Ba- Let's start. They're, they're fixing the multiplayer glitch on Battletoads on Rare Replay. Okay, I refuse to believe that if it's what you're talking about. It's not a glitch. They are it's fixing. A they are fixing a, a bullshit fucking design uh, flaw that was in the original game, where if you died as one player well, and lost all your lives, and the other player had one life, you were sent all the way back, and then if that player lost, you would be sent all the way back again. So what it sounds like they're doing is they are fixing the glitch so that if one player runs out of lives, you will respawn probably at the spot where you were. So or or so, so if you're halfway through a level and player one loses all of his lives and he continues, he's going to restart right where you guys are with an instant continue. Or it'll wait until the other player also loses their all their lives for it to start over. Mm, I don't think that's really any better. I still think it, I think it's going to be well, more of an instantaneous let's, drop and let's continue. say it's the cycle stage, which sure. is really it's hard enough. I, I did it half asleep somehow, but having two players. The trick is you hover in the middle. Having two players complete that at the same time is really tough. Sure. Just being distracted by the other person's, you know, sprite would be enough. So it could be continuous, or like you said, so, yeah, you're right. right. It if could one be... dies, then let me handle it, and then you jump back in at a later time. When you want to, or, or when I lose my lives afterwards. Yeah. There's a number of ways they can handle it. I guess I just, the, my, my the thing way, I laugh a... at here is I, I, I can't, I, I, I'm sorry. I it's don't, a gimmick game. I don't buy that as a glitch. It's a gimmick game. Yes. It's going to make it more playable. That wasn't an error. That was them being dumb. Yeah. Um, at Cartridge Brothers, how would you feel if major companies used Kickstarter to determine interest in possible releases? Well, they've well, been it's doing, already starting. They've been doing it already. Um, I mean, I guess as long as they're completely upfront about it, I don't feel horribly bad because, hey, if they've got this idea, this monetary amount to us means that there's enough interest. Well, if it doesn't reach that amount, you're not spending any money. If it reaches that amount, you've spent the money, and it goes towards getting a game made that you really want, and you're getting some perks. I'm okay with it as long as it's all out in the open at, as long, at the outset. As long as you're a guarantee the product comes out, but 
you can never be totally guaranteed, unfortunately, with Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Oh, I don't even need a guarantee. I just need the honesty. The honesty that, hey, we might make this watch. You know, we might make this game Shenmue in the, like three years. The, this $3 million is really to gauge the, um, the I, interest in the game. It's not the budget. And then see where it goes. Um, at Jewish Mega Man, what got, what got you motivated to start the CU podcast? I kind of explained this before. I did these really crappy vlogs. They every were month. awful. I tried to watch one once. It was me rambling for two hours. I think I private. I think I privatized them all on YouTube. So don't try and find them. I think I it think. was. It was like I don't even know if it was pre flea market madness or like no, it wasn't, right, it wasn't or right around that. But a lot time. of times it devolved into you. Like I remember grabbing <laughs> shit like off your floor and being like, "I got this for some dollars. Let's talk I about mean, it." We're talking like 2010, 2011. They were bad. Moved. 2009, 2010. Where I'm, but you know, I'll just talk to the fans once a month. We're talking like twelve people will be in the chat. It was nice of you. Can you take more shots of me? No, so, I, so, that wasn't a shot. It was nice. So of basically, you. what happened was I got sick of doing them. They were they were unstructured, and I figured why not do a podcast? Uh, and then Ian claims he said he wanted to do the podcast with me. I don't remember that honestly. My uh, my version of the story is that after he stopped doing the vlogs, I immediately suggested he do a podcast. But we he did not have interest at the time. A year later, he suggested that we do a podcast independent of my suggestion, and I said, "Sure, why the fuck not?" But the important thing was, is I suggested Ian do it with me. That was the important thing because I did not want to do it by myself. You. That was an important one. Gross. So I went into Luna. I said, "Let's do this." We talked because I used to go into Luna video games all the time. We just shoot the shit about whatever for like an hour. You know what I mean? And and so I figured, why wouldn't people want to hear that? You know, and it'd be more entertaining. And then people can yell at Ian for his leg shaking and for hating DC. No, I'm masturbating uh, the whole time. People, I'm, I guess your penis is on your leg then. I'm just tossing loads you, fucking the you, whole time. You have a big schlong if it's on your leg. I feel so bad you, you for, for, for the cleanup crew when I leave. For me? Yeah. <laughs> I get a squeegee underneath the table? You're a fucking <laughs> jizmopper. Um, so that's really what it was. And I think people uh, people like listening to us. And we're honest. Like at least we said this during the 50th. <laughs> during the 50th episode. Uh, we're, we're endearing in some weird way. I don't know. People like our hair. Mm. I'm so fucking tired. We both have hair. Well, we're almost done. Quad M Productions at Quad M Comics. Your thoughts on the recent recent Galacticon debacle and how do you handle shady con promoters? Um, this is what happened. Galacticon, I think, was like the fourth of like this uh, Battlestar Galactica promotion. They also had other sci-fi ge- guests like the original Battle- Battlestar Galactica. Some uh, Babylon people, 5, some uh, uh, Firefly. Lost in Space, even. Yeah. And I saw what happened here was, I guess they were doing the, this new event, and then they had to cancel... They canceled the event. The, the the organizers canceled just about all the newer cast, Battlestar Galactica. They canceled them showing up like two or three days before it was going to happen. They didn't tell anyone. People are no, they told them, but people are already traveling at this point. And these are the main people that came to see. They don't give a shit about Lost in Space. You, you, you know, people from like the what was it the sixties? You know, they don't they don't care about that. They care about seeing. It's in the name Galacticon. They want to see Battlestar Galactica people. So they try to lie, though. It seems like the promoters said, "Well, we lost our hotel block," and then there's 200. No, they said that they lost. They lost that their de- they lost their deal, and that suddenly the rooms were seven hundred dollars a night for the guests that they wanted. When people immediately went and checked the hotel, and there were open rooms available for two hundred and twenty-five dollars. So this is Pennywise dollars short. It's like 
if you're gonna if you're gonna cancel any of uh, guests that's shitty enough, but well, why would you cancel the guests that people came to see, like the number one guest? If you gotta cancel them, cancel the crappier ones. If someone has to get slashed, or I hate to say it, take a loss on your fucking event. You promise something, follow through with it. If that's the case, or it's even worse if they're already making a profit and just want to cut out five or six rooms of you know you want to cut out and cut out a couple thousand dollars or make a couple thousand. Dollars. It's just gross, whatever way you're killing your your attendee base for the next con you have, and that's all the problems yeah. with the shady events is that you don't realize that sometimes you're going to take a loss if you're starting out. You're going to take a loss usually on a convention. You're going to have to do that because goodwill is more important than your loss you're going to take. Exactly. I never thought I'd be able to use this knowledge, but uh, it's Rave Promotion 101. <laughs> you do it and you take the loss because people go, hey, that was a great fucking party. Those DJs were awesome. They got in big names. They don't know that you lost a couple grand. Big fucking deal. You throw another party. You get bigger names. They tell their friends, and everyone shows up, and you fucking profit. Because now this this convention's probably done. Ruined. It's done. Because this is the fourth one. There probably won't be a fifth. Because they were unwilling to take a loss on their fourth year. They can't have a fifth year. It's 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 short sighted. It, it it it's it's nonsense. And I would tell, and I would I would go further. If you're not dealing with something broad like comics or anime, if you're dealing with something that's very specific, now Star Trek is long and long and old enough that it doesn't matter. But like. If you're dealing with something like you want to go to a Battlestar Galactica convention or a My Little Pony convention or something that's so goddamn narrow in its fan yeah. base, you have to understand that this is being put together by people who are fans first, business people second, and something fucked up is going to happen somewhere. Uh, is, that, is that all we got? Dropping the mic? I'll, I, I'll I dropped tie. a twist tie. Boom. All I, right. I, I Corey Rupert won. Should establish YouTube YouTube's I guess YouTubers slash podcasters mentor smaller YouTubers slash podcasters or encourage them to make it on their own. I don't, I don't think this is an easy answer. It's not like you, there's any requirement or law that's saying you have to mentor someone. Me personally, well, there, he's not asking about laws. He's asking should is is well, it is it good? Of course, it's good. I've I've taken uh, smaller YouTubers under my wing in the past, or I don't say they were smaller starting out. Guys like Matt Pat, I knew them before. Anyone else knew them, and, and what do you what are you doing that for? Oh, dude, I was just trying not to burp into the mic. But no, but seriously, I used to talk to Matt Pat weekly when he was first starting out, and sort of show him the rope. Are, are are you snickering because I didn't do that, or because of wh- how it turned out? Oh, I banged my elbow. You banged your elbow? Yeah. But I used to talk to Matt Pat every week for like uh, the first year and a half, two years I knew him. And uh, Billy and Jay, when they started out, I sort of showed them the YouTube ropes and showed them. I'm not saying I mentored them, but at least showed them. Okay, this is what you want to watch out for. This is a they probably you can murdered do. that rope course. I mean, have you seen Jay's upper body strength? It's insane. Uh, uh, saying I worked out with them? Is that no, I mean? you said you showed them the ropes. Oh, the ropes. The I, rope climbing. I, I, made, I made a joke. Yes, but, but no. There's been some guys that um, that I've I've I looked for talent in the past. I used to do it for retroware. Um, uh, guys like. Uh, uh, Joey Rue, uh, that I like. He's just such an adorable guy. I love his Lego hair. But um, <laughs> I, I looked out for these guys, and not saying that uh, I, I helped them do everything, but at least was there for advice or gave advice, sometimes unwarranted, sometimes unwanted, but I was there. Um, and you can do that. Unfortunately, when it gets to a point where um, there's tons of people asking you questions about what to do or can you watch my videos, blah, blah, blah. It, it's it's hard to do that, but if I see someone that's quality, I will reach out or I will uh, say, "Hey, your stuff is cool." Blah blah blah. 
but it's it's harder as you go along when you have a lot more responsibilities. It's harder to say I'm just going to mentor someone, and it's not like it's not like a uh, Big Brother program where you can say, "Hey, I want to be the Big Brother to this unfortunate young soul." That's not how the game works. It's just becoming friends with someone or someone starting out. But uh, again, unfortunately, with YouTube uh, nowadays, it's hard for someone starting out since there's a glut of talent and a glut of channels, and everyone's trying to you know make their mark. Right. So it's tough. Would you mentor someone, Ian? <laughs> Who the fuck wants me as a mentor? I'm like the drunken kung fu master. Like, you only choose me because I'm your last goddamn option. <laughs> and then you go on to win the karate tournament and bring honor to your family. Uh, even it? though I said kung fu and then karate. This is for you, Shidoshi. For, yes. Um, we got a podcast Patreon. It's patreon.com slash pixelsickle. And um, we appreciate your patronage. We got a t-shirt that I'm going to do at some point. Um, I got a book that I'm writing, I think. That's going to come out. I'm gonna... Four more entries, and then I'm done. For, well, yeah. Well, you got to look at some of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got to do that. And then um, I have to go to a... Uh, I'm going to be at uh, Game On Expo in Mesa, Arizona, September uh, 25th to 26th, I believe. And then I'll be at Retropalooza, September 27th, 28th. I think that's roughly in my head. I'll put out a video for that stuff. And then I'll be back at Portland Retro Gaming Expo in October. And then, uh, yeah, check us out on, uh, what are we, what are we on? Uh, we're on iTunes. Stitcher. iTunes. Stitcher. Uh, your RSS feed. Sure, if you um, want to leech off my bandwidth, you can do that. Um. You know, all sorts of things. And, uh, I'm, I'm shocked I got through this podcast. You've said that four times. I, I have high blood pressure, apparently. Um. I have low. I think because I'm so stressed out and just worn out and I haven't had a vacation in five years. I have no idea how I have low blood pressure. I don't either. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I'll trade your, your, your blood pressure for my, my heart rate, my sitting heart rate. Blood thinner. Blood thinner, is that what it is? Yeah. I, mean, I guess that's something you have blood pressure, blood thinner. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably. So for Ian Ferguson, I am Pat Contry. We'll see you in two weeks. I jerked off 82 times and came 70 of them during this entire podcast, just so you all know.